on episode 27 of Pixel Gaiden. Tim joins us on Catching Up. Eric talks Bomb Jack. Cody talks Home Arcades. We all talk Christmas presents. Tim opens a little package. Six good games PETA would not approve of. Eric does not approve of Cody's humor. We drink beer on draft. All your usual pixel guide in ramblings. Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. All right, all right, all right. All right. We've made it to the end of January with our retro games intact. I'm not sure what that means. How things going, Eric? Good. I'm wearing my Space Taxi. That is a good game. Your Space, Space Taxi. Taxi loading shirt. Yep. This is my shirt. The original Catch a Ride. Catch a Ride. No, that's the, uh, what, right. what, the, what do they call those graphics where you use the uh, shapes that come Petsky? on the keyboard? Petsky graphics. There yep. we go. Yep, good stuff. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, Pixel Guide in your number one source for things that are retro game related or retro game inspired. Right. That's important. And beer. And beer. Which I have some news, well, some catching up to do yeah. about some beer. We'll get to that very shortly. But as we always do, Eric, let's start off with some quick questions. Quick questions. Are you ready? He's back. No, Eric. No! He is back. It's the evil gnome, isn't it? The evil gnome. We're going to have to make Son. a little little sound clip of the evil gnome someday. Of a bisquick. <laughs> oh, no. All, All right. right. Here, you ready? What, what, do you, what does he have going on this time? It's good news. You ready? Is it? Really? The nightmare is over. The evil gnome appears and tells you... He is sick and tired of fighting with you. Oh, Evil Gnome. And extends a hand in friendship. I accept your apology, Evil Gnome. You know, I I don't assume to know your background or where you come from, but we're all hurting inside and we're all human. Well, except for you. You're a gnome. He's not. He's a gnome. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to get at, so bring it in for a hug, little buddy. You reach out to grab his hand and instantly... Your pants disappear. No! <laughs> and you yeah. are covered in yogurt. Oh my goodness. Within reach. <laughs> within reach. Right. Are all of your gaming consoles and computers, which you can throw at him. These are the most random. Why are my things there? Where are we? Well, you're in your garage cleaning all of your consoles and computers. Did, did you say that? It. Did I miss that? Just go with it. Okay. So, which you can throw at him, probably destroying it in the process. Which item in your collection do you throw at him? Probably destroying him in the process. Could be. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, if it's probably, uh, I'm probably going to go with a small, cheap handheld. Okay. Which one would it be? Let's go with... I'll go... Oh, it is tough, though. I'll go with a Game Boy Pocket. 
The game? Really? I got the original big chunky Game Boy, which I grew up with. I'm keeping that. Yeah. Game Boy Pocket I've just had. I've never really used it. I just have it to kind of round out the, complex, the collection. So Game wow. Boy Pocket. Okay. He's a, he's a little it, guy. Huh? He's a gnome, so you that should do it. do it, huh? Okay. Well, no, you said it probably does do it. Well, maybe. It doesn't I mean, say I'm already it. pantsless. What else do I got Destroying going for me? Destroying it, your device in the process. Yep. Nothing evil gnome. Who knows what's going to happen to him? He might be back. He might not be. Well, then I might need to throw something bigger, like the Fairchild Channel F. <laughs> or the Amiga, the Amiga 500. The Amiga 500? Well, no, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's you know, I got a consider. whole bunch of uh, those Macintosh monitors that I don't know what to do with. I'll throw one of those at him. That's, that's a good one. That'll blow up real good, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think I would throw, because I have two spares. Oh, you know what? Now I think about it, I think I'd throw a GameCube at him. There you go. Because I've got like four of them. So. And, they're, and they're palm-sized and heavy and, and jagged. Cheap and cheap. So I mean, I've got extras. If that's an option, i got I got three Genesis over there. They have a handle, Genesi. too. You could chuck it with the handle. <laughs> so I, my answer is GameCube, for, for sure. But step one is I'm going to remove the yogurt from my body. Yeah, you're going to have to. that's a thing. Yeah. Well. These are getting weirder and weirder, and I'm worried more and more about your <laughs> mental health, Eric. Do we need to have an intervention? Maybe. I mean, sometimes I catch you saying things like... I'm going to admit I didn't juggle dudes as much <laughs> as maybe I should have. Hey! That's not fair. <laughs> Wait, you just get your soundboard and hit buttons. Come on, Eric. Yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> Zangif enjoys it. Even Chun-Li. Uh, oh, I don't have... I, well, fight! Might even start a fight. I need to get my Japan... But, oh, wait, you know what? There it is. Japan! I forgot oh, I put it back. back. I got Excellent. it. It's back. <clears throat> Eric. Yeah. Is this, simple. Does this, this involve simple. yogurt? No, okay, this is a very simple ethical question okay will music make or break a game for you <clears throat> make or break a game um it will it's important but is it that important where you'll either play or not play a game depending on how good or bad music is it's not that important no it's not that important to me but if a game gets repetitive and it's bad music and there's no way to turn it off i probably won't play Can that game for, your way out of it for a long time but it won't ruin the gameplay for me no it depends what it is. So for a yeah. good example is C64 Anibalt, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, Cannibal, whatever yeah. you call it. That game is simple. It's a one-button game. You hit the button. Yeah. If the music sucked on that, I would never play it. That's true. The best part of that game is that you go on there, and it's it looks cool, but you've got this... That's true. It's like heavy bass line, this really cool, crazy techno thing. Yeah. And I look forward to the music on that game more than the game every time. Right. But I, I, I do see what you're getting at, you know. I did come off of just testing that, that Manic Miner 64DX. Yeah. And if you remember, it has music, but it's very rudimentary and it's very basic. Okay. Uh, and it goes over and over again. So, But it's only the beginning, so it's not during the gameplay. But if that music was playing throughout the whole thing... That would be pretty tough. That's the Hall of the Mountain King. The dun 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 dun. If I couldn't, if I couldn't turn that off, if that it doesn't go through the whole game, but if it does, it could. The original one did. Yeah, on the on the Spectrum, you have to hit H. Quick, quick tip: if you guys didn't know, Pixel Guidance is going to let you in on the deets. Hit H when playing the Manic Miner on the ZX Spectrum to shut this thing up. And so that's a perfect example. If that you couldn't do that. I'd play two levels on that and yeah. be like, I'm out. That gave, that and that's a great example because the Spectrum, yeah. doesn't matter if you have the audio plug. You can't unplug the leads. There's a speaker right in the dang system. And you can't adjust the you're volume hear or it. nothing. You, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in. That's awesome. So cool. Um, 
we we just covered in the last episode Shadowrun on the Genesis, and I swear, the fact that game had random beeps and boops for sound killed me, and I could not hang with it. It's just like that's the soundtrack, and I'm like, no. I think they tried no. to make it atmospheric, but it does it does get annoying after after a spell. The Genesis sound chip in the right hands can sound awesome, mm-hmm. but in most hands cripples games that's a hot take right hot take all right uh, it, it can sound good but most people do yeah. that kind of stuff there's so many games like i remember playing jurassic park yeah it's just this there's a bass line on that and just every once in a while you hear like a and that's it i'm like eh, it's killing me yeah anyways that's our quick questions Eric. It is quick questions um, I want to go ahead and uh, make sure you guys know if you want to check our show out on the World Wide Web, hop on over to pixelguiden.com. You can uh, get a hold of us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. Eric is on Twitter at duhproject, that's D-U-H project. I am oddball49 on Twitter, that's at oddba one one four nine because I got to be weird and different, Eric. That's right. Um, our UK correspondent, Tim Drew is on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N, or as he says it, Sanction. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at podcast at pixelguiden.com, and we do encourage that. We do encourage that. Highly. And you can also support us financially on Patreon at patreon.com slash pixelguiden. Uh, there are multiple tiers, dollar tier, $3 tier. $3 tier, get your name said on this podcast said said simply special, said no said in a special way well let's talk about that special way because we're just about to do it this is kind of a new thing here on the pixel guiding contest or contest podcast contest. yeah well you know um we like to do something a little special here make add a little flavor to our patrons uh, announcements here so uh we use the random word adjective uh generator from the internet and we go ahead and spice it up a little bit. So this month, we've been doing a, a WrestleMania Royal Rumble theme to announce all our patrons. So let's see, uh, let's see who we got in the ring this evening. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020's Royal Rumble! How you feeling, Eric? I'm really loud. It's really loud. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's a very high energy event, Eric. Yes, I am ready. To Let me it. announce to the ring each one of your wrestlers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the purple shorts, please welcome the organic Tim Drew. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the green shorts, coming on in right now is the fretful Jim Tessier. Yay. Wearing the burnt sienna shorts, the dry Henrik Lodeful. Ooh, nice. Wearing the ochre shorts. That's right, I'm going through a whole box of Crayolas here. In the ochre shorts, the tangible Roy Fielding. Flying high and coming in dry is the purple skinny pants we have, the draft Gary Heather. Whoa, purple skinny pants. <laughs> Our next chance. wrestler donned some uh, chartreuse hammer pants. Ooh. That would be the salty Dustin Newell. All right, here comes our boy in the red blazer, the naughty Matthew Ackerman. 
rounding out the top eight, I think, if I found it correctly. Wearing a sequence blazer, the questionable Daniel James. <laughs> All right, coming in strong and hot in his Argyle pullover, the irate Josh Malone. Coming in shiny and looking dapper in his rhinestone boots, the impossible David Vincent. Now this guy's coming in with a belt buckle the size of my face. It's the watery Retro Gamer Nation. And right behind him in his 20-gallon hat, the scintillating 10-minute Mega Retrocast. We've got three new contenders this year. And I do mean year because it's a new year, right? That's right. Our luchadors, the three new patrons, announcing them all at once here in a green mask, blue mask, and yellow mask, respectively. Eric Sandgren, Graham Axton, and David Motowilak, which I said wrong. Alright guys, we are back here. Uh, we've got Tim Drew on the line. Hello. There he is. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? We are two beers in and working on our third, which brings us to uh, the fact that we just grabbed another beer. We did. Um, I'll get that in just a second here. Uh, what are you drinking with us here, Tim? Uh, coffee. Always coffee with you. Well, yeah, I guess it hot, is like strong five coffee. In the... <laughs> with the, with some Baileys in there or what? Uh, not this morning, no. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, well, I want to do a couple things, but we're in a second here. I want to go over what we uh, what retro inspired stuff we got for Christmas. That's true. Um, we're gonna do catching up. We'll we'll do that in just a second. Okay. But before we get there, because I do have a little yes or no quiz I want to give you guys. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. Cool. Just to jump into, so we don't have to break breaks from our segue here. I do want to mention the first thing I got for Christmas. Um, the biggest thing I got for Christmas from my wife because she's amazing. I got myself a kegerator. Nice. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that on uh, on Twitter. That looks really cool. Absolutely, and so I am stoked to be able to carry a uh, fresh beer on tap in my house. Uh, which Eric and I just poured ourselves one. Yes. So Eric, cheers, Tim. You can phantom this on your side of the world. Cheers. Cheers, We're guys. We're drinking. Yep. Absolutely. We're drinking a uh, a beer you already tried on the show with us, uh, Eric. Yeah. The juicy. This is the juicy hazy IPA. Or am I getting that wrong? Yeah. I mean, that's what type it. Yeah. It's a uh, juicier than thou from Heretic Brewing in Fairfield, California. Gotcha. I was able to get myself a full. Um, uh, what do they call it? A pony keg of this stuff. Um, right after Christmas, we had a New Year's party at my house. So I got a keg from a local brewery in Sacramento called Rowan's Red, or Red Ale, yeah. from Big Stump Brewery. And uh, it's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was delicious. And uh, so I already had this ordered um, a few days. Right, I knew the keg was just about out, so I ordered this. And this is actually the the beer I wanted to have if I could find it, and I was able to track it down. So oh, that's awesome. I am stoked about this. So, so how, how complicated is it to set up? The it only took uh, maybe an hour and a half from opening the box to actually having beer pouring from it. Uh, that's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, the, the, well, I say that the trickiest part is you, it comes with a five pound CO two tank. Yeah. Um and. To get that filled, the best way to do it from the research I did was you actually have to go find a welding supply shop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, they, they were pretty aware of it because when I mentioned what it was, they said, oh, we have beverage-grade CO2 tanks. We can just swap with you. So I got 
you know, we just did a tank swap. So I got CO2 from the welding shop. Nice. Oh, cool. But that's what, on uh, Christmas Day. That was that was that was good of them. <laughs> no, nah, it was a couple days. Couple days after Christmas, my Christmas lasted three days because of all the families and things. But yeah. So, anyways, what do you? How do you like the beer on tap, Eric? Does it get a better rating? It gets. Uh, I'd say it's a better rating. Sure. Oh, it's delicious. I don't know what it's we rated fresh. last time. It's fresh. I, I rate what, it fresh. I also give it a fresh and a thumbs up. Tim, what do you rate your coffee out of uh, <laughs> 12 uh, muddy, watery puddles? I give it a solid 10. 10 out of 12. That's a good coffee right there. <laughs> um, all right. Tim and Eric. Yes. Uh, before we get going on our catching up, I was hoping to give you guys one of our patented yes or no segments. Okay. Of course, I'm involved in this as well. So I'm going to put on the romantic music here. Did it work? Maybe. No. It didn't work. Come on. Romantic music. No. Wah, wah, wah. I'll put on some music later. All right. You listeners are probably hearing romantic music right now. Um, <laughs> all right. So these are simple yes or no questions. I simply mention a word and you guys answer yes or no with no explanation whatsoever. I will let Tim go first. He's our guest. Tim will go first, then Eric, and then I will answer my answer now. The theme of these uh, subjects is things that retro gamers are often also interested in. Okay. From what I can tell on Twitter and the web and whatnot. Are we ready? Yes. Go. Wrestling. No. 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 (laughs) Comic books. No. Yes. No. 20-sided dice. Uh, what's that? (laughs) No. Really? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I'm going to say yes on that one. Steampunk. Uh, No, not really. No. I'll say yes. I I actually really... I like steampunk. Cyberpunk. Uh, No. (laughs) Negative, Nancy. I'll say yes. Eric says yes. I'm going to say no. All right. I don't know if this is the same across the pond to Tim, so, um, Mountain Dew. Yeah. (laughs) No. No. I'm a no on that one. I'm hoping Tim has these two. Funyuns. Uh, I've heard of them, but I've never seen them. (laughs) I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Actually, I do like Funyuns. I'll say yes on Funyuns. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that, Tim, but uh, over here, nerds uh, drink Mountain Dew and eat Funyuns. That's just kind of the uh, okay. nerd fuel. I guess All I'm right. half nerd then. <laughs> well, you don't even know, you know. You can't make a decision on what you haven't tried. Uh, <clears throat> nostalgic t-shirts. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to say yes, but my wife doesn't let me wear most of them, so they're relegated to us recording on Monday nights. I'm actually wearing a, uh, one of my Christmas gifts today, so... Nice. <clears throat> Alright, last one. Walking simulators. Uh, no. No? Uh, I'm gonna... S- it, I'll say yes, because it depends, but I can't describe. Sorry. Yes. I'll just say yes. Alright, that's it. That's my segment. Right okay. on. Alright. <laughs> um, Alright, we're gonna catch up, so here we go. Catching up! Well, there we go. It's running, and now we're doing catching up. Excellent. All right. (laughs) 
with Eric and Cody and Tim, which we didn't throw into there. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Next, next time we do that, we'll have to just yell, and Tim. There and you go. Tim. Right <laughs> this is a very professional operation. All right, guys. Well, uh, I started it off already with my kegerator. What you all get for uh, Christmas? Uh, Eric, I'm going to let you get start here. For Christmas, I got a few things that were retro-related. I got some t-shirts. I got, like, this spiffy space taxi. Got a space taxi shirt on. That I'm wearing right now, the C64 space taxi one. I got a, a Commodore VIC-20 shirt. I got um, an MSX shirt. Did you see that I one? I did see, yeah. Absolutely. That was pretty I slick. That. Yep. I'm a little jealous of that one, honestly. All three of them, actually. But Yeah. Um, I got this Oregon Trail game. <laughs> I think I've my, seen that. I've thought about picking that up a few times. I think my wife got this at Target on a blowout sale for like five ninety nine or something. But ooh, I'll, it, I'll pick it up for that. It was really pretty thoughtful. So, Tim, does Oregon Trail mean anything to you over there? Absolutely, yeah. Because I've got the Apple II, um, and uh, I've been playing Oregon Trail on that, and I absolutely love it. Okay, probably no nostalgia over there though for that game. That wasn't something they had over there, right? That's just kind of a you learned about it because that's what we did in school over here exactly yeah. yeah yeah okay so i got that um but overall i mean i think that was pretty much it for me i mean oh and i got a bunch of soldering tools i got a new chisel tip i got uh some flux that is such a sexy gift yep. eric and that's that's what i got <laughs> now this oregon trail thing is pretty cool it's a little handheld it's got a decent screen on it big old chunky buttons that look straight out of like a cyberpunk game from the 80s yeah like uh shadow run by chance and i've played a couple games i mean it's a faithful version of oregon trail why isn't it turning on there it is oh i can travel the trail learn about the trail or see the oregon top 10 i'm i'm in the middle of this thing now it's, i you, you guys have lost me for 10 minutes yes. go <laughs> cody's, traveling the, the, cody's on the trail i'm traveling it there we go hear that sound effect what is the first name of the wagon leader well, how do you type this in? You have to go up, 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 up to get a letter. Yep. Oh wow. You've, nope. Now I've now I've lost interest. <laughs> you, you've died. You've died of dysentery. You <laughs> died of dysentery. Yeah. Why did I try to ford that river? <laughs> Let's be honest. We just we just shot buffalo the entire time in school. <laughs> right. How about you, Tim? What'd you get? Uh, anything retro related or yep. beer related? Or beer related? Yeah. Uh, well, I bought a load of beer um but um yeah I, I think the most retro related thing was my mega drive mini nice nice uh which i'm going to uh obviously mod up the um certain place <laughs> <laughs> it's in kids shows right, tim you feel feel free to use it <laughs> and uh i got some retro socks which was really cool oh what is it what are they uh, well, they've just got like different game designs on them, so like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and those sort of things. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so you, yeah, they're so really cool. So your socks match the new uh, Royal Mail stamps, huh? Uh, not quite. <laughs> no. <laughs> we brought this up on the last episode. All the uh, new stamps over there. All right, I I redesigned one of those to a Futures Eight Bit stamp with cheese and onion on it. I saw that. That was cool. That would <laughs> yeah. be. My, I vote we vote that one in and wipe out out. Yeah, but there was um, a thing going around on Twitter the other day. I think it was um, Jeff Minter started it, and he was really surprised by some of the games that made it. Like you know, Manic Miner didn't get on there, or obviously any of the Llamasoft games. That's true. Yeah, but two different Tomb Raiders made it. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that one, but there we go. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, I got the shirt you see today, which is a Pac-Man shirt. This is high score. Yeah. Um, I also got a Genesis Mini. Yes. Not a, I guess not also, because you got a Mega Drive Mini, didn't you? I uh, did. Tim? Mine's yeah. a Genesis Mini, so... I, you know. I got the correct one. Yeah, well, <laughs> mine came first, because it was the Genesis. Um... Whatever. <laughs> Genesis, <laughs> multiple first beginnings. Um... Yeah, I honestly I didn't I didn't do a, I mean the Kegerator made up for it all, but I didn't get right. a whole lot of retro. So yeah, I didn't get a ton either. It's uh, not a big deal, but I'm stoked about it. Um, Tim, know what else you got for Christmas? Uh, uh, no, not really. Not nothing sort of like retro inspired. Just bits and pieces. Oh, oh I got some. Oh, I got some of that chocolate. Oh, you got some chocolate. Well, uh, you're, you're wrong because what you got for Christmas was a package that I sent in the mail over a month ago. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, just just that small little thing. Yeah, yeah, just 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 the small thing about the package. Yes, um, which uh, we'd mentioned on the last show because I just shipped it, and now you're going to open it. Uh, yeah. over a month later. Um, did you want to do that right now, or did you want to wait and see if uh, uh, Danica got up? Uh, no, let's let's just go for it. She'll she'll wander in if she gets up. All right. Well, I think it's uh I think it's time for you to dig that bad boy open, and we'll see. Now, while you're starting on that, I must mention that I got a tweet from Tim earlier today, uh, with a note on there from some sort of mail service saying we apologize, but your package was like destroyed in transit, oh, and they had to put it back in some fashion. But Tim, you said it was still fairly heavy, which yes, means it's very heavy. Yeah, which means hopefully most of it's still in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully it didn't spill out all over the place. Yeah, I'm really worried about this because we we shoved a lot of love in that package for you, and I'm hoping Eric, we didn't. You know, Eric. Yes, yeah. I can't begin to thank you for <laughs> all of these games. You got my, it open. My goodness. <laughs> I, we, we put as many as we could in there. My look at this lot. Wow. Well, see, now this is where you've you got to work on your uh, communication skills and start uh, <laughs> describing what you're going through. Okay, so we've got Commodore 64 Assembler on disc. <laughs> Mission Impossible on disc. Yes. Wow. So if if people now, don't these... know if people don't know I am a mega collector of Commodore 64 disc stuff and it's so difficult to come by now. Um yeah. Now are, so, now are these the flat packs you're digging in right now or are these the, the boxed ones or these are the flat packed and uh, if they weren't already they've been very flat packed now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they they probably got smashed in that box. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, well I, no, there were some that I I specifically broke the box, made it flat. Yeah, like yeah, if they were not flat, flat already, bit, yeah. I made them flat so that they could sure pack better and not get damaged. Okay, yeah. So we've got a ton, a ton of disc stuff. Yeah, so hey, I want to hear got... all the names. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got um, some chocolate. Now this is the I think this yes. is the one that you mentioned in the last in the last show, okay. but. I don't think I've actually had these ones before. I was, re I, I, I misheard the name. So you, it starts with a G. You guys go ahead and tell tell me what they are. I can't remember the how you pronounce the name. That one was the uh, variety pack for Ghirardelli, which is here. Ghirardelli, that's it. Yes, Ghirardelli, which is local here in San Francisco, which is only like a couple hour drive for us here. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's our big chocolate thing here in California is Ghirardelli. And we ah, say big, right. it's not big. It's definitely the high end, that's less true. popular, but more expensive chocolate. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, you know, the Hershey's and the Nestle's and all that kind of crap that turns white after a month being, for whatever reason, more popular. Most of our chocolate is very waxy and yeah, not, yeah. not yeah. super flavorful, but Ghirardelli is very good. Dove is another good one. Yeah, yeah. Dove makes really Dove. good stuff. Yep. I uh, think that's Dove, American. Dove over here is a soap bar. Well, same. We here. got that too. <laughs> Hopefully, they're making it from different sources. <laughs> Maybe right, that's so, why it's so waxy. <laughs> so this is good news. It means some of the snacks made it through. The snacks, yes. because technically, that I had to cool. sign. Technically, and I'll say this: uh, a friend of mine might have sent a box recently that had he had to sign a customs form saying there was no snacks in there. Oh. So I'm glad some snacks made it through on this box. Yeah. Some. So, we'll see if they so are. There, so there's some more disc stuff here. I, I just can't believe this stuff. And thank you so much, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Cos there's Cosmic Tunnels, yeah. uh, Roundabout. I don't think I've seen that one before. Uh, Ball Blazer. And that's C64 and Atari because I've got an Atari disk drive. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. Deadline. He, when Star I was going. Cross, suspended. When I was going through these, I I honestly because again I was a little too young for this kind of era, I didn't realize a lot of these games. Because um, I was just talking to uh, Stefan uh, uh, Folkt, I guess how you say that, um, and I didn't realize he was just collecting any infogram game he could. Didn't care about the system, and I didn't understand why. And I realized now the boxes didn't change; they just put a sticker on there saying what the name of the what computer was for. That's true. Yeah. And sometimes the sticker would have you know two sides, so there'd be two computers listed on it. Yeah. So that makes sense to me now. And uh, so this this is the this is the I mean they're all brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but this is one uh, I absolutely love, um, and I've never seen the disc version of this before. So again, I'm I'm just really thankful, guys. Um, and that's Park Patrol on the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, uh, you mentioned incredible. you were sad about that one. Park Patrol is yeah. a great game too. It's yeah. such a good game. Yeah, such a good game. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Right, so in the bottom of the box, there are some uh, bags, some jiffy bags, and I think uh, we've hope, got hope. some Skittles. Okay, okay. So yeah, we got those ones. Uh, those, uh, yeah, yeah, we definitely get those over here. Okay, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> I just started grabbing stuff, so hopefully. Uh... <laughs> oh yes, Jolly Rancher hard candy. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Donna is going to love those. She loves Jolly Ranchers, and and I will as well. <laughs> Thank you. And we've got a jiffy bag here with some stuff in it. I love the noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opening as quick as I can, guys. <laughs> wow. Orange Crush. Thank okay, you so very much. There you go. So, oh, some, so, so that's, that's a drink, right? That's a drink. Yep. So a drink made yep. it through. So a drink yep. made it through there. A drink so made it through. She asked for uh, for orange soda, and that's the you know that is the orange soda that comes to mind. So yeah. uh, hopefully I think that's, that's the, one. the one actually. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the one. That's awesome. I'm hoping there's more bag more jiffy bags as you put there. There is, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Going as quick as I can. <laughs> Actually, it's oh, funny because even though it, it sounds, it's awkward opening this stuff on the air because you think like it's dead air and there's nothing to say. 
uh, we've gotten more feedback from people saying they enjoyed listening to people open the boxes like the most. So apparently, do what you're doing, it's working. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Someone's come downstairs as well now. Do you want to say hello? Is that Danica? <laughs> yeah. Come say hello onto the microphone. Okay. Danica, you can be famous. <laughs> Uh, gummy, gummy worms, chewy pale ale. <laughs> oh, there we go. Beer got through. <laughs> Yay! Win. Look at that. <laughs> so we've got gummy worms. Yeah, that's the one. You remember me talking about it on the show, right, Tim? Ah, hang on a minute. So we've got what's these? What are these called? Ding dongs. Hey, those are ding dongs. <laughs> they look good. So ding dongs are made by the same people as Twinkies, but Twinkies are gross, and ding yes. dongs, ding dongs are delicious. <laughs> so I wanted to write that wrong when you guys tried those earlier. Okay, there you go. We can try those later. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that she totally heard noises and came down. She's like, it's time. <laughs> Right, next one. What's this one? Oh, I think there's more beer. Yes. Good. Good. It made it through. I'm I'm happy. Oh yeah, at least at least uh My hands are in the air. Yeah. So I'm that sorry. is Fruitlands Modern Times. That's that a is sour a... tropical fruit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So I remember you you said you, you tried a hazy over there, you like that. Uh Yep. Have you done sours yet? Uh, I think I had one. I think I had one sour, and it was really good. I think it was like a grapefruit one. Um, okay, yeah that, was, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. So we tried everything you're trying to, that you got there is uh, something we've had on the show. Yeah. Awesome. Can't um, wait to try those. Cool. <laughs> okay. I think this is the last Jiffy bag. That's the last Jiffy bag. It's the last one, is it? Last yeah. one. <laughs> Can you hear Danica? Yeah, I can yeah. I can hear yeah, a little bit, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Do we sound weird to you, Danica? She can't hear you because I've got headphones on. Oh. Uh, well, that, so, oh, Tim, oh, what oh, I oh. need you to do is fake our accent to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is my accent exotic? Cody and Eric say, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Oh, dude. Is, <laughs> now say tubular and cowabunga a bunch. We're from California. <laughs> so ah uh, yes i've got so the heretic juicier than thou there it is that, that is one. the one and that is the one we are drinking right now that's I the got one we're drinking right now yeah <laughs> that's yes. awesome yes 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 brilliant got that one in the bag guys yes very cool back in the net all right then. was that the whole box or do you uh, do you have more commodore games or there's, where are you at there what are they say that into the mic oh, they're goldfish baked snack crackers yeah <laughs> yeah that's right there you go they blasted were, uh, extra cheddar. Yeah, because we're America. We can't just give you goldfish. We got to, like, triple the cheese and say, you know, excess is more. It's cheesed out, man. So much goldfish. <laughs> okay, so, so Danica's going in with the next Jiffy bag. Perfect. I love it. 
She's good. She's gonna grab a beer. <laughs> oh, we just clashed heads. I'm I'm curious what happened to our package. It sounds like everything's there. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it's it's. And if it tore seem... open, they saw all that stuff, then they just threw it right back in, not caring. So I think, I think it's so. It's just literally just that maybe the box got damaged. That's just great news. Yeah. Great news. Yeah. Ooh, what's this one? Howlin Gourds Pumpkin Ooh, Ale. You, you are so lucky. <laughs> oh, man. You got Howling Gourds Pumpkin Ale. Is, is oh, that the Trader man. Joe's now, one? I suggest, now, that is from a fine establishment we have here in America called Trader Joe's, and... My goodness! If you enjoy yourself, I would be. I would use extreme caution. Extreme you, caution, yeah. <laughs> you are absolutely gonna have to try that though and report back. I'm sorry. That's keep a bottle of Pepto Bismol next to you. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe that one will just be a souvenir. That, that's, no, you, that's you gotta try idea. at least a sip yeah. and let us know what you think. At yeah. least you know. It's probably gonna be really nice. Oh, it might be. Actually, you know what's funny? I went on Beer Advocate and looked it up, and yeah. it didn't get terrible ratings, which really? blew me away. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe it's just not my palate. I don't know. Uh, th this is just mega. Thank you very much, guys. This is just so kind of you. That's Absolutely. so awesome. Uh, just so many games here. It's just brilliant. So, Marble Madness on disc. Sci-Fi Trading Company. I love. I almost that kept game. that one. I almost kept Marble Madness. That was cool. I, I was looking at that. That Sci-Fi Trading Company is a great game. It Remember, is. You, you were telling brilliant. me that. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Realms of Impossibility, Ultimate Wizard. Uh, just gonna have so much. Oh, the Music Studio. What have you got there, Danica? What's that one called? Lodestar, the Commodore Magazine. Oh yeah. That, yeah, I thought that, that was cool. That was a magazine cool. on disc yeah, way back then. Yeah. Uh, pinball construction set. Yeah. Uh, worms. Wor but not, <laughs> I said that but right. Not, With the question mark on the end. Worms? Worms? <laughs> yeah, it's not the Amiga Worms. That is a no. whole different game. But <laughs> uh, adventure, adventure construction set and movie maker. Ooh, that looks good. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, good. nice. Yeah. There we go. We've got an 8-bit um, director on our hands. What else have we got there? Um, oh, there's Park Patrol. That's the one Daddy really likes. Yeah. Not that I don't like any of the others, but yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Thank you very much, guys. That is so just absolutely brilliant. Perfect. So what did you get for Christmas again, Tim? <laughs> uh, a big box. A big stuffed box. full of retro goodness and beer. And one bottle of diarrhea. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, that was fun to listen to. That was, you know, that yeah. was brilliant. Thank you, guys. That was cool. That's awesome. I'm, I am super happy that everything made it there. That made my, made my week. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's brilliant. My goodness, for I try to use a lower cost shipping service. I will never do that again. Yeah. I mean, it was substantially less, but my goodness, it just it took a long time. It took a super long time, didn't it? <laughs> and then they repackaged it four times, and then but everything made it. I'm happy. Ultimately, I'm happy. I'd right. say that was a win. <laughs> well Perfect. <done. laughs> Perfect. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad we can replay, uh, repay some of the favors of you sending stuff this way. So, uh, we've we got some more stuff coming over soon. So, 
<laughs> well, I'm going to have to sell some of the games we didn't include in that box so that I can buy a, myself an Amstrad and Eric can get himself a BBC. That's right. Or a, what do you call it? A BB, BBC Micro. BBC Micro. BBC Micro. Go. Or a Model, Beeb. Model, Model B? Were we looking for the Model B? Yeah, Model B, because uh, I don't. B. If Model A's are quite hard to come by, um, and I think they're only sixteen k, aren't they? I think the Model Model A would that be kind of like getting an Amiga one thousand? They're kind of more sought after, but they're weaker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep on. I don't want to move on because I'm kind of reveling in this. It's, <laughs> it is fun, yeah. but um, uh, let's see what else has been going on with us. Um, I went on. Well, Switch has sales during the holidays. And a whole bunch of things go on sale and get really cheap. So I spent a ton of money on Switch games. All digital, which is not my thing. But when they're on sale, I'll do it. Yeah, when they're cheap. So I will uh, go through a few of these. Let me start with the ones I haven't really got into yet. Okay. I picked up Blazing Chrome because I've been <laughs> wanting to. Yeah, and I've had that a while and still haven't gotten back to it. Yeah. I need to. I, and I, I haven't started yet because I started some of these other ones I really want to get into. I picked up Ghoul Boy. Um, which I've never heard of it. It's a game I bought from limited, uh, not limited run games, from Play Asia. Okay. And again, right after I received it, it was going on eBay for like a hundred bucks. So I'm like, I can't keep it for a hundred bucks. Like again, that's my mentality, right? Yeah. So I sold it for hundred bucks. I bought it for two ninety nine. So, whatever it is, what it is. Um, I also picked up Don Maku Unlimited, which is a cool uh, vert shmup that I can use my uh, Switch grip on. Got really good reviews. Okay. I got Gato Roboto which is a Metroid-style game, black and white, about a cat that wears a robot suit. Ooh. It was down for like three and a half bucks, and um, the game, uh, got. I've heard great things from multiple people, um, but kind of like you mentioned earlier in the episode, or or maybe last episode, I can't remember, the game only lasts for about three to four hours. Yeah. So it'll be something I can play through, enjoy. It's a nice little snack in between heavier games. Sure. Yep. Um. Now, some of the ones I've, I've, I've dug into, uh, I picked up PictoQuest, yep. which is Picross. Okay. I know, Eric, you haven't tried a Picross game yet. I, I've dabbled in it on the DS. Oh, you have now? Okay. Yeah, just that... dabbled. I haven't gotten maybe like 20 minutes into it. Tim, have you done any Picross yet? No. No? Okay. It's, it's, it's almost like a Sudoku puzzle or a crossword. It's something you just kind of sit down and do and just kind of mind as well. Oh, I guess not like crosswords, but mindlessly you just kind of enjoy it and do it. Um, I love Picross, but this is basically a Picross game with an RPG overlay. Oh. At least that's what I thought. Okay. When I actually played it, honestly, it was just Picross with an overworld map. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. Uh, it was normally 10 bucks. I got it for 8 Honestly, there's better Picross games for 3 or 4 bucks. Okay. Um, so I was... I was uh, the wool was pulling over my eyes. Um, now, let me get down to the ones I really get excited about. I played Cuphead, finally. I bought yeah, Cuphead. Great. I've had that on my Xbox for a long time. I freaking love Cuphead. Oh, really? So I, I put it off for the longest time because it never went on sale. Okay. It was always full price at like 25 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it is. Um, crazy cool game. Uh, and no one really explained it well what it was. But it's just a run and gun where it's all boss battles, except there are a couple small levels that you can play that are run and gun like side scrollers. And there's a couple levels that are shmups. But the aesthetic is that really cool, like 1930s cartoon, like um, uh, 
like the what am I talking about here? The early the early cartoons. I don't know where like Technicolor was still a thing. Definitely, yeah. and they totally had like you know orchestras playing the music along with them. There was no words and stuff, or the words were that kind of old timey radio voice. Um, it's it looks amazing. It does look amazing. Yeah, the amount of different boss fights and things you fight in there are awesome. Whenever I play a running gun like Contra, the boss battles are my favorite part, and this is just the best parts of like a Contra with an ath- with an aesthetic that is mind-boggling yeah. it looks amazing um i've already played 95 percent through the game i'm at the end the very oh, end really um i was a little put off at first and the reason one of the reasons i never went for the game is it was never on sale and i heard it was like rock hard that's what i found i would not say it's rock hard i would say that if you are okay with fighting a boss and dying five to seven times to learn what the boss is doing. Once you learn it, it's doable. It's very doable. But you got to sit there and die and and fail until you learn it. Okay. Um, I think I've put eight or nine hours into it, and I'm at the end of the game right now. Okay. Um, I didn't do anything on easy. I had to play everything on normal. But I I absolutely love the game. Cool. Uh, I, I have to admit, I only spent maybe two or three hours on it. And I just was just moved on to something else yeah it was so just a good. little too hard any any chance you've taken a look at that tim uh not yet it's been on my list for a while so i think i'm gonna have to uh take the plunge and grab that one sounds yeah. really good and on do you have is yours on the switch eric i got mine on an xbox okay xbox one so i don't know if the xbox version has this the switch version every time you do a battle you can choose if it's normal or easy and I never let myself do the easy. I wanted to do the normal. I wanted to fight through it the, that way. It, I don't remember that being on the Xbox. So I think that might have added that to make it more user-friendly. So I would say, I mean, even just to see all the animations, to fight all the bosses, to see all the clever things they did with the way they made old cartoons look and become a game. Ah, oh, it's so cool. Cool. It is so cool. No, I thought it looked really great, and I remember playing it. And but I it plays my, just as good. And I remember my son actually stepped up and played a couple levels and stuff. I mean, you gotta th- realize this was pro- this was a year ago or, or more. Did you call your son in to beat the game for you, Eric? No, I just called him to hey, play it. Hey, I can't get past this part. Hey, I'm not ashamed. I'm bastard. <laughs> I'm bastard. Play, play my game for me. Play my game for me. I, you, you're better than me. Play my game. So the I, kids are supposed to ask the parents. Come on, Eric. I've asked him to do that for Call of Duty games. I've, I've called him in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, can you do this? I was like, okay, Dad. Oh, that's good. Um... Now, another one I wanted to highlight, Super Life of Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't played it. Tim, have you heard of this one? No, new one okay. on me. All right. So, I don't know if it's still on sale. This is normally a $13 game on Switch. Specifically for you two, you have to get it. It, it, it was on sale for a buck, 99 cents. Okay. It literally is a, it's a, it's a game that starts off as a single screen game. <clears throat> and you're one pixel and it starts off super archaic and you're playing as if you are on a uh i'm gonna say it the right way a zx80 okay yeah okay and then once you beat like five levels as a zx80 you graduate to the next system ah. you make your way through the spectrum you make your way through uh the 64 you make your way through you eventually get to uh amigas nes's super nintendo's you just keep working your way up but it goes through like 18 different systems um 
but it is a, a game that was, I'm guessing it was a game that was coded by uh, uh, someone from England because most of those systems are UK-based systems. Right. But it's so cool because not only the way the game looks, like the core gameplay stays the same, but like on the on the Z80, everything is like X's and zeros and squares. Yeah. And then on the Commodore, all of a sudden everything is in double wide pixels and you have Sid music. And, and brown. Then, yeah. Oh, the Amstrad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the mud. Um, and then the, the Amstrad, the CPC is on there as well. So uh, and the BBC. Tim, the BBC is on there, ah, nice. and everything, everything's got little outlines around it, which is yeah. kind of like the BBC aesthetic, I guess. Um, but the sound, everything is reproduced really well, uh, including the feel of the game, the physics. It's not just like it's familiar enough that it's not learning a whole new game every time you go to a new system. Yeah, but you feel the difference. Hmm. It's so cool. Um, I'm about seventy percent through that right now. I'm just hitting the sixty, the sixteen-bit stuff. That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to pick that one up for sure. Super Life of Pixel. And of course, when I tweeted about it, the within 10 minutes, the creator wrote back and uh, you can tell he is super proud of the game and he didn't know it was going to be able to be on the Switch and stuff. He made it as a Steam game originally. Okay. So he's sounds like he's pretty stoked. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, I'm going to last... Yeah, one last game. I know I'm talking a lot here. One last game, but I have to bring this up. I already own this game, but I finally got around to playing Moonlighter on the Switch. Moonlighter is a action RPG. Yeah. Mixed with a retail shop simulator? Kind okay. of. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's cool. You hop into the there's like four dungeons and you're just a little uh, shopkeep and you hop into the first dungeon. It's got a theme to it and you go in there and kill things and try not to die and collect as many resources from the things you kill and then you escape the dungeon, go back to your shop, put them up for sale during the day and people come in and buy things from your shop so they make money. And then you can go to your town and buy new accessories with that money or buy new armor and plates. And um, you can buy uh, upgrades to the town, upgrades to your shop. Yeah. And then you go back in the dungeon and do it again. And then you try to beat the, the boss at the end of the first dungeon, which is three levels deep. And then the second dungeon opens. And then the third and the fourth. And finally, you have to kill the final boss. But that's the game in a nutshell. And I played it. I think I beat the game in 20 hours. It took 20 hours to beat all together. Oh, so you beat it? Wow. That's yeah, I pretty impressive. Um, and it was just really fun. It definitely has what they call the uh, the feedback loop, where you just want to keep going. The twenty yeah. minute feedback loop. So you go into a dungeon for fifteen minutes, come back, sell stuff, and be like, I could do that again. And then you do it again. And you go uh, one more time. <laughs> and next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, and you're sitting there on your switch, going, I have four hours until I need to wake up. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> so never done that before with a game. <laughs> never. <laughs> Anyways, Moonlighter, I highly recommend that as well. It was very cool. Excellent. I will shut up. I will shut up now. Eric, go. <laughs> All right. So my next item is uh, th this is the Amiga 500 that I got from oof, that I got from the uh, Sacramento Amiga Computer Club. Yep. And so their thing is that if they have a machine that's available. It's 20 bucks, so I got it for $20. Dang! So, I got an Amiga 500. Um, now, I, now that's they've sold through their stock now. I think we got the very last of it. We were lucky enough to... That's right. I got my 2000, and you got your 500. Yep. Um, Which, 500 was the last wedge computer that I lacked. So, I have the 1200, I have a 600, now I have the 500. 
Um, it's not in perfect condition. As you can see, the case is cracked pretty badly right so here. So is my 500. I don't know if they made 500s out of different plastic like, or what. But it's like very brittle. They're yeah. very brittle. And you can see there's a... He, uh, Jerry at the club 3D printed like a, oh, yeah, look a at trap that. door. So it didn't fit. So I had to use my Dremel to like... <laughs> <laughs> to like to like like uh, actually grind down enough to get it to fit in there it's actually it's not a bad fit though and so the two things i grabbed for this i grabbed a 512k uh trapdoor memory expansion and which i installed and then i also installed a gotek drive the the floppy in here actually worked really well but and I still saved it, so I have it. But this one is a GoTech drive. But hey, Cody, take a look at this. So that I actually it, I bought it with a three D printed a three D printed bracket. Yeah, that actually brings the GoTech right to the front. Yes. So okay. There's like a little LCD in there. Yep. You could actually read the disc image. Um, you can plug that in, but the bracket actually makes it very kind of a slick um, install there. Now, a certain person that might be on the podcast with us got something very similar on that 600. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It's very slick. Everything comes right. To, now, my 500, everything is deep in there, and I had to dremel away actual 500 material, which is poor, poor, poor Amiga. Cody went in there and just destroyed it. Right. Um, and, and The wazoo has been wrecked. <laughs> And on my 1200, it's the same as yours. My GoTech is pretty far, like, deeper in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yep. lined up with the mounting holes. Um, but this one was a pretty clean install, and I've, I've played several games on this. It works great. So Very anyway, cool. that's my five Amiga 500 acquisition. You've got, you got to love an Amiga 500, haven't you? It's just, just the classic aesthetic for an Amiga. Yeah, I mean, even though I have a 1200 and a 600, it's like the 500 was... Like the two guys that I knew back in the day actually had 500s. Yeah. And then another guy had a 1200 <clears throat> eventually. And then another guy had like a tower, which I don't remember which one it was. Uh, but the 500 is like the thing you could get in the shop for a very reasonable price. I mean, yeah. it was with Batman. Yeah. It was like the go to Amiga back then. So it has some nostalgia for me. So I wanted to definitely pick one up. Cool. Tim likes the 600 though. Uh, yeah. What's your what's your what's your Amiga of choice, Tim? Uh, my Amiga of choice. Um, yeah, I probably I probably say these days for practicality, I think it's the six hundred. Um, if you want an all rounder, then probably the twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd say my daily driver is my twelve hundred because it's all it's uh, accelerated up the wazoo Just and does everything. It does everything, but. I, I am going to work this year on making my 600 probably my daily driver by... I'm going to try to get a Furia accelerator. I'm going to get the SD adapter. So I'm going to try to upgrade my 600 to be as as usable as my 1200 is. So, Gotcha. So my next item is pretty quick because this is what I did my uh, Eric's take on this month is Bob okay. Jack. Um, and really what I wanted to say was I really got into Bomb Jack this month because I never, as an arcade game, got into it. Before. Bomb Jack is a weird game because if you play it the way you think you want to play it, you're not going to do very well. Right. It's just some weird stuff that you kind of got to... It's almost like the, the game was broken and they just left it in and said, oh, that works. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> but in a good way? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually... 
be, became a lot more I, I guess I appreciate a lot more now that I spent a lot more time on it it was one of those games I'd load up for 10 minutes here and there like over the years and play it a little bit and then go okay that was great and then I'd move on to something else but this month I spent a time focusing on all the different versions of of Bomb Jack and what got me into it was that beer edition on the Amiga yeah did you play that one Tim yeah, it was brilliant. Really, really good one. And I um, it, saw um, Amiga Bill stream that one as well on, on Twitch, I think. Yeah, and it's almost in, indistinguishable from the arcade version. I mean, it's so good that it is like the arcade version almost to a T. Uh, but surprisingly, it's not my favorite version. And I'll let you guys listen to my segment to figure out what my favorite version was. But I played four different platforms um with bomb jack this month and got really got into it and some of the strategy behind it and learned to really love and appreciate the game um but it was one of those games i don't remember ever playing on in in the arcade did you ever see bomb jack in the arcade well no because i was yeah yeah they were all in warehouses by the time i was playing arcade games but um no i recently just a couple days ago was playing the uh zx spectrum version okay which was surprisingly playable. It's which, it's extremely good. Which I, is sad I, at this point that every time I play a Spectrum game, it still surprises me. I'm like, yeah, I should be used to it. Okay, the Spectrum is actually pretty capable. It's one of the <laughs> it's one of the top like I would say one of the top ZX Spectrum games I've played. Okay, is the Bomb Jack version. Um, it's very playable, and the amount of power ups seem to be more than like the arcade version, hmm. which makes it more fun because you're getting more power ups and you're turning the guys at the coins faster and it's like having uh goldfish crackers with extra cheese blast i would agree with that <laughs> like yep. more is better <laughs> yeah so tim did you play have you played bomb jack a lot yeah i played it a ton uh played it in the arcades back in the day um, oh wow and uh yeah maxed out quite a bit on the commodore 64 version and agree the spectrum's got a really good version as well um but yeah, yeah. i i love bomb jack so we had a little uh, impromptu Pixel Guide and Jetpack competition. Oh, yeah. Which got fairly <laughs> heated fairly quick. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's done yet. All I'm saying is that after Eric crushed a score, I got very close to him, and then Tim went ahead and blew that out of the water. Yeah. So and I I, the I'm, high score from Tim is at 54,000-something. And I'm kicking something. myself because I wanted to dive into that game today and and blow out Tim's score. And I, I said, I'm going to do it on my lunch break. And I just got busy and never did it. So it's my fault. What I, I'm saying right here, right now, is as soon as I beat that score, the contest is over and we're moving on to Bomb Jack. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. So there we go. We, we have a Sounds definite good. date. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, you picked up some uh, Nintendo Switch games, Eric. And then uh, right after that, Tim's got some as well, it looks like. Yep. So I'm going to go through these pretty quick. But uh, I got the... The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, and it is a weird game. And the only reason I got it was uh, Glowing Rice. Like, I saw that he sunk 625 hours Six into that game. 600 hours. That, that blows my mind. Like, so I saw him on Twitter and I talked to him, and you win. I decided to pick <laughs> it up, and, I, and I'm going to reserve my judgment till next month. I'll talk more about it next month, but, um, you know, I'm getting into that. I bought Broforce again. Broforce. Broforce. <laughs> Brocop. Um, I love Broforce. It's I, such a good game. <laughs> so I play. I played it on PC like 
for years, and my son played it, and he loved it. We both played it together. Indiana Brones. We played it so much, but then my PC, my game PC died. So I was like, okay, well, it's still in my Steam collection. I'll wait until I get another one. But then I saw it on sale on the Switch for three bucks. Rambro. So I was like, I got to do it. So I picked it up, and I've been playing through it. And I'm I like, almost bought it again. I played it on the PlayStation 4 and just... I love that I game. never played anything else until I finished it, though. I just stuck with it. I, mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so good. It's just yep, over-the-top, quick, violent, yep. pixely goodness. Yep. So the next game I bought was Pokemon Shield. I bought that because um, I wanted to get back into another Pokemon game. Um, I, I'm not going to talk a ton about it. I'll talk about it next month because I'm, I'm going to try to beat it. I, I beat my first gym right now. I beat the first gym, but I've... I'm taking my time through the game because I'd in old Pokemon games I'd have to go back to certain areas to catch more Pokemon that were exclusive to certain areas. But Eric, you got to get them all. And I so this <laughs> game I'm getting them all. I'm not leaving areas until I get I've got all the ones that I can find in that area. So I'm playing this one slow, um, but I'm enjoying it. And it, it the the new versions are amazing. Like they do they streamline a lot of the stuff in the old Pokemon games. So they're 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 really well so i want to i'll interject real quick i will yeah. mention i went back like we said we were last month and i did try to load up a uh, pokemon black on my uh game boy advance okay and how'd that go i played i gave it a solid two hours okay and while i don't dislike anything i i have not got caught the bug yet okay um is it always very linear it is linear. That's one very com- linear. That's one complaint about Pokemon games. They're not open world. They're very on rails. Okay. I did. I had no idea that. And yeah. uh, I was going through it, and I just felt like it was a lot of grind without the payoff for whatever reason. I didn't dislike anything yeah. yet. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to go back and try to get caught, if you will. Finding straight. Finding the strategies. There are like a like battle triangles in that game where like fire beats water Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And you have to learn those kind of things with different Pokemon when you're building your collection. When you go to get, have you gotten a gym badge yet? Uh, I think I, I'm right there. I'm at the first gym. When you go to fight the gym leader, he'll be a thing. Like he'll be the grass leader or the bug leader or the fire leader. Mm. Well, you got to build your collection of six Pokemon to battle that particular gym leader. But I have to do it in a way where my wife doesn't know I'm playing a Pokemon that's game. Right. That's right. That's embarrassing That's crucial. So there are a lot of things we can talk about offline, but there are strategies and things in the game, but it's a highly collectible game, so you're going around collecting Pokemon. Well, Pokemon has not caught all of me yet, Eric. Well, it should, because I love Pokemon. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. It. I'm, I'm going to try it again. But So the last game I want to talk about is Ape Out, because it's the last game. I just got this like three days ago. I love this game. I absolutely I've love heard so many good things about it. I love every single thing about it so far. The aesthetics, the music, the way the music combines with the game, like it, it actually follows you in the game. Um, the stealth part of it is really, really great. I love stealth games, and this one has a lot of tons of stealth stuff in it. Basically, the gist of this game is that you're an ape and you're trying to escape. That's what it's called, Ape Out. Mm-hmm. But it has this very jazz kind of feel to it. A lot of drums, a lot of snare. A lot of drums and snares. Um, 
that change with the type of change with the gameplay. Whenever you kill someone, there's a symbol crash. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing this over the rest of your review. So keep going. Right. <laughs> um, but it, it's done in this very—I don't know what to call it. Like, because I wasn't—I wasn't alive during this the, during this era. Was um, is it like 60s? Am I getting that right, or is it 50s? Yeah, when like the beatniks. Yeah, yeah, it's, whole, very, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. it's very like kind of beatnik, and the graphics are even kind of like that. And the levels are based on albums and sides of vinyl, like side A, side B. Um, so when you go through like the first album you go through like five or six um so songs and then you go to side b and you play four or five other songs and then you finish that album so it basically follows the line of like four albums is yeah. the whole game it, the the game though is amazing it's got very simple controls like you're an ape you can throw grab a guy and throw him using the right like trigger button mm-hmm but you can grab a guy with the left and use him as a human shield, but he'll fire his weapon a little bit in the beginning. So you can actually use him like a weapon, and then you have to throw him against the wall. And then you're basically just trying to get this ape to get to the other side of the of the of the level so that you can escape that level and you get to the next level and then the next level rip next the door level. off and keep going through. And you just keep going through. And there's like things like like you're saying, ripping doors off to use his shields. Um I'm just saying this. Just get the game. It's amazing, and it's I love it. I did get the demo, and I've played a little bit, and it has not, again, it has not caught me the same way it caught you, but oh, it is. Man. So, in the future, I want to do six good visceral games. Yeah. And this fits the, the when we grab somebody and chuck them into somebody else, and they both splat into blood splots on the wall, yeah. while, while a, a beatnik drummer is just going, ah, yeah <laughs> like somehow it fits and you're just like ah this game I, I love it i i'm i'm completely hooked on it i've played it almost more hours than any other nintendo switch game and i've only got it three days ago so that tells you how much i love it that's a lot tim you got some games too all right tim yep yeah just a couple from me um finally at long long last a game i had literally when i bought the switch uh finally managed to beat breath of the wild Oh, wow. There you go. You beat it. Yep. That's awesome. Speaking of 625-something yep. hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, I've put a lot of hours into that game, um, but it's really, really enjoyable. Um, the last last boss uh, was, was quite complicated, um, and it required me uh, to learn some moves uh, for, for Link that I hadn't actually learned through the game. So if I'd known those particular moves during the actual gameplay, it probably made, would have made the game a bit quicker to complete. But, uh, yeah, there we go. So I wrapped that one up finally. Nice, um, nice. and, uh, one that we've, uh, is, is kind of like a, a pixel guide and adopted game now, which is Killer Queen <laughs> Black. Oh, yes. Picked it up. You got, a, you found a physical copy over there, huh? Yep, that's right. And uh, Danica and I have been uh, having a look at that, and uh, I've been playing on it. So she quite likes watching me play that one. So <laughs> now you can play local co-op. Have you tried that with her yet? Uh, not yet. No, no. Uh, we've. Ju I've just been kind of getting the hang of the game, and uh, she'll probably have a game uh, maybe at the weekend. It's it's her birthday this weekend as well. So oh, oh nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, well, happy birthday, Danica. We got you a gummy worm ale. Well, I'm hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't don't let him drink that. Um, well, I really hope we can get together and have a pixel guide and team for Killer Queen Black sometime in the future. Because 
we played Cody and I played at local co-op and that was a blast and we've played it separately on the same team and that was a blast too and Doug's on board he got it and he's got our handle yep so if we can set that up Tim if you don't mind um, I'd love to hear the rest of your stuff because I know I don't want to run out of time before you have to head off so yeah, um, I'm, you've I'm been getting, playing with the MSX close on time now yeah, yeah. so um yeah, I, I had a. I've got two of the Toshiba MSXs, and one of them um, just wouldn't seem to load from tape at all. Um, every time I put a tape command into it, it would just lock the machine up. Um, and uh, someone I know on Twitter wants uh, an MSX, uh, so I've been testing it out. And uh, my friend Gary came over at the weekend, and he brought over one of his uh, flash ROM cartridges. Um, all right, all right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we tried it out on that, and it absolutely it works fine through that. So, um, yeah, that's really good. So we were we were playing um, a lot of Penguin Adventure. Have you played that? I haven't. I have loaded it up. Yeah, it's a uh, almost a first person, uh, almost like a racing game, but you're a penguin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's such a characterful little game, and the music in it is awesome. Um, I'm gonna have to I'm load not- it up again. That was the first game I ever loaded up, but I was so eager to move on that I don't think I gave it enough time. But yeah, yeah I've heard, no, I've heard that, good things. That- definitely give it a go because there's sort of like uh cutscenes in it uh, like where you go into the shop and you can say so the the idea of the game is you sort of like running along um down through a, a track sort of bit like a, a racing game um and then out out of potholes uh, you get thrown fish at you so you've got to collect the fish and the fish act as sort of like uh, in-game currency so they're like money so you can go and buy <laughs> from the shop um but one also nice little thing is is uh there's like a slot machine so you can uh, if you haven't got an if you've only got like you know 20 fish or something like that you can go to the slot machine ga- gamble your 20 fish that you've got over three goes and see if you can actually win more fish to get more items which um obviously give you powers through the game but one of the comments that both gary and i um made is that uh, and I think you picked up on it. Uh, you guys picked up on it that some of these, the, the better NES, uh, uh, MSX games, they feel like NES games. The Absolutely. music and the atmosphere of them. And yeah, it was, it's just a, such a really nice game. And I heard uh, that another- Toshiba unit is actually pretty well built. It's a solid little chunk of computer there, right? Yeah, they are really robust. Yeah, I've I've got the other one that I've got is sort of like, you know, really mint in the box and all that sort of thing. I I do use it, um, but this other one, you know, it it just come with a another load of stuff that I picked up about a year and a half ago and never really tried it. Um uh, apart from trying to load tape from it, but it seemed to work fine from the SD unit. So that was brilliant. Nice. Uh, we played um, some 1942 and a couple of other games as well. But yeah, I was, I'm definitely going to have to get myself one of the SD um, units and play some of those ROM games because they're really, really good on the MSX. No Doki Doki Literature Club while he was over? No, no, we didn't no, have on- time for that. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, as a game, you you kind of play by yourself, and it adds to the creep factor. Yeah, <laughs> I think if someone else is there with you, kind of taking you out of the uh, out of the uh, whatever you want to call it, the environment. It just it, you know, as part of it is you, you it's you and the computer, and and you get creeped out. It's so cool. Anyways, I'll shut up. <laughs> um, you okay. you redid your retro room. Yeah, I've um one of the one of the corners where I had sort of like all my sixty four games on display and all that sort of stuff. Well, not all um, of them because you absolutely have more to organize. I now. have a ton more now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
um yeah i had had a lot of that stuff on display so i've sort of like pulled that down um reorganized everything i've still got a little bit of work to do on it but um yeah once that's finished i'll share some pictures up on twitter with that one so i was doing that over the last couple of weeks getting that all sorted so i got all the uh, posters up though uh i've got some up yeah but Uh, i'm I'm gonna gonna take those down paint over and um put put some more posters up at some stage um so the other thing is is just before christmas i was on a um a a sale site over here called gumtree gumtree i don't know whether you get that over in the states or not never heard of Uh, it now but I found a massive load of new old stock games, 8-bit games. Um, there's, there was just sort of like, it was about 10 or 15 different titles, but there was multiple copies of it. Like there was a game called Rock and Wrestle on the Amstrad. Okay. Um, and this was on tape and they were all sealed, factory sealed. And there was like about 30 copies so, of that. So they did get, they were sealed over there. You were, <laughs> Yeah, we were so, talking about so, how so, when you were in the shop, they weren't sealed. Yes, some of them were, some of them weren't. Um, okay, but like, like I said in the last episode, often we'd open one anyway, and that went out on the shelf with their tape out. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so there, there was a massive haul of those. Um, so got got all those. That was quite interesting picking those up. Um, C sixteen games as well, huh? Yeah, uh, way of the exploding fist on the Commodore sixteen. <laughs> oh, see, that's cool. I need to get. I want. I need to get my plus four working right. I want to. Yeah. Dig into some of those average games so, yeah. as you as you put them. So those <laughs> they, those have gone up on the futurewas8bit.com shop actually for sale now. So I I hopped. I saw this note right before we started the podcast, and I had to hop on and start looking at them. So I started digging into those a little bit. I'm like, which so, yeah. ones do I need to uh, to order to initiate another box coming back this way? <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So probably the last thing for me really is just sort of like something we've been sort of talking about offline. Um, just that possibly we'll do some interviews uh, probably with Vicky Pixel Vixen before she heads off to Japan. That would um, be great. I think that'd be a good one. And yeah. uh, or even another- after, actually after it might even be more cool to find out <laughs> where yeah. how life in Japan is. That'd, that'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. I, th- I think she'll probably become a sort of like a correspondent in Japan. How about that? I'm not opposed. No, that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll sort that one out. And uh, uh, Graham Graham Axton, um, uh, who's obviously done the Bear Essentials, and then that brilliant remake of Manic Miner over yep. Christmas. That was really cool. Which uh, we mentioned really cool. a lot earlier today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that that would be really good if we can get uh, get an interview with him. So uh, I'll reach out and see if we can get that all sorted. That would be cool. That'd be very cool. All right, man. Well, we're going to keep on moving. Do you have time to hang out with us for a little bit, or are you, uh, you need to head off now? No, I really do need to head off. I've got to get into work. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Tim. We're going to keep on trudging without you, but you have a good day, and uh, we'll talk to you very shortly. Thanks a lot. Okay. Cheers, guys. All Thanks right, man. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. We'll see you soon. Bye. Right, Eric, next on my list of things I've picked up recently, uh, Fusion Magazine which is a UK-based magazine. Yeah. Um, had a little blowout on some kind of back issues, if you will. Mm-hmm. They had the Christmas epi- uh, epi- issue of Fusion Magazine and the Fusion Annual 2020 and Hardbound cover, and they were blowing these things out. Now, I've been wanting to try these for a while, 
Um, the cover price is four pounds, and for the annual, ten pounds, which isn't bad for a hardback. That's not bad at all. Uh, these are the same guys that make the uh, Zap annual that you showed me last time. Yeah. Now I'll be honest. I've looked at I've looked through these a little bit. Um, the Zap annual is exactly what I would like personally. Okay. Uh, the Fusion kind of mixes it up. The Zap annual kind of does reviews of all the um, Commodore sixty four games that have happened recently. Right. And then they have the Crash annual, which is all the Spectrum games. Mm-hmm. Fusion is just kind of a mash of all the systems, not to mention anything else that's kind of retro inspired, if you will. I saw some board games there, like the bubble, the the pop. Uh, yeah, the Popomatic Trouble pop- Bubble. Yes, yes, and I had that when I was a kid. Yeah, um, there's also I'm looking through here real quick, but uh, toys. There's some toys in here, kind of nostalgic toys. Yeah. Um, there's a page here on the Vectrix and things, um, but I thought it was cool to pick that up. I really wanted to try it and uh, and kind of invest a little bit in what they're doing. Um, so I got these two issues, but the, one of the really cool things about it, in fact, here's a whole thing on uh, the Talisman board game. Yeah. Not to mention all the ports, including the ZX Spectrum version right there. Wow. Um, but they, they look really cool. If you open the Fusion annual yeah. and look at that first page right there, let me know what you see. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different signatures. Do you recognize any of the signatures? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's. I have Oliver Frey. I recognize him. There you go. From he's one of the Oliver twins, right? Is that mm-hmm. right? Or I'm sorry. Oliver Frey uh, made a lot of these. He made the covers. That's right. I'm sorry. I got a that mixed these, up. Yep. But yep. And Stu is Stu Cam- Cambridge. Is that his name? I think you knew this. I didn't know Stu off the top of my head, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I recognize a few of them. But yeah. those bottom two are the are the Oliver twins you were talking about. Okay, there we go. Okay. Yep. Um, and then uh, I, I actually recognize most of them if I remember. Let me see who else I could see. I Simon can't. Simon Butler. Simon Butler. Oh wow. Yeah. Neat. The uh, old curmudgeon himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's funny. I mean, the guy is a grump. I enjoyed he, a self admitted grump, the but dino- I love listening to what him. What was it? The dinosaur. Uh... Dinosaur Pie on um Dinosaur Pie yeah. on the Retro Gaming Roundup yep. podcast. No, I've, I've enjoyed listening to that. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. So this is neat. Um, saw a little. I mean, they make great quality stuff. They do. Um, I like the form factor on that. It's like a hardcover, but it's a small book. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I actually like. Hear that? Hear that? Yeah. That's, that's the sound of quality. <laughs> so it's cool that I got. This. It's got a great smell too. That ink. You know? Yeah. It gives me the uh, that little uh, consumer high that I want from an ink about <laughs> gist. So now there's an interesting little device in front of you there that you've been trying to get me to figure out what the heck that thing is. Yeah. So this is called a FujiNet, and I was invited to do troubleshooting and kind of beta testing for this. Um, so I was trying to get, I was looking at the plug, mm-hmm. and it's not a very common plug. It's, it's the, our Atari, the Atari 100. It's the Atari. It's the Atari. All the eight bits use this. It's called an SIO port. That's yes, their serial that's, yep. interface. And I have the 800 XL, so that that's that, what my S drive. I think it's called. And that's what uses. I the S drive Max that you have. Yes. That's what it use. It uses this port. But what this device does is this little piece on top is a off the shelf. Um, ESP 8266, which is $8 on Amazon. Okay. And then this is just a prototype board. This isn't what it's going to be the final product. But this is a prototype board. It's a board that makes it so you can plug the ESP into it, and then it plugs right into your SIO port, 
This is just a pass through so that you can plug different devices into it. So in theory, you can plug that in as is and you're done. You can plug it in as is and you're done, but you could also daisy chain an S drive max off the back or whatever. But the goal of this is to kind of be the everything all in one peripheral for the Atari 8 bits, the 800, the 600, um, the 1200, all those. Um, it's, it's quite small. Yeah. The first thing, In fact, I, the biggest thing about it is the two jacks. Yeah, and you can take a look <laughs> at that. Um, so what? The first thing I test on that. So I got invited to be a ba- like a like a tester on there. One guy, Steve, uh, he goes by I think it's a Tari Eight Bit on um, on Twitter. He he sent me the prototype board, and then I had to buy the ESP thing on Amazon. I plugged it in, and then it it was a learning curve to learn how to flash the little. Um, uh, programming to the ESP8266 from my laptop. I did that. The, the way they do it is all these different programmers are working on little tiny parts of, of what it's going to be ultimately, and they can combine all these parts, mm-hmm. okay? So the first thing I tested was a really neat thing. You can plug that in, and it has a Wi-Fi module on it. That's the ESP8266 has a Wi-Fi module yeah, on I it. Yeah, I see it right there, okay. So what he did <clears throat> is he created this thing called the Multilater and the multilater allows you to connect to your PC Wi-Fi. So I connect to my PC downstairs, and I run this little thing called a TNFS server, and that's what Spectrums use to have servers that can serve disk images. And so that, basically, I, I boot up my Atari, it boots into that thing, and it says, hey, where's your TNFS server? And I put in my IP address, and then it will list all of the... ATR images, all the Atari disk images that are on my PC in that directory. And then I can pick it and it literally loads from the disk as fast as it would on your S drive, but it loads it over Wi-Fi. Hmm. Now there's four or five guys that set up their own TNFS servers that I can connect to over the internet. So I can literally load River Raid from a guy's <laughs> computer that is in... in Nerd alert! <laughs> <laughs> yep, so... So I can connect to all their TNFS servers that are all over the United States, but I could also have mine in my local house that I can just drop, drag and drop mm-hmm. ATR files and just load them over Wi-Fi. So I have a directory of like five different servers I can connect to and then grab these, these disk images. Okay, that's one little tiny part of it. Then this other guy, Moswald on Twitter, he wrote this, he wrote this thing that allows that to act like a serial interface and a Wi-Fi modem so I can connect to BBSs. And so I plug this in and it auto loads a terminal program like Bob term. It just loads it right up and then I can connect to BBSs without having to use any other pieces. Because on the Ataris, it was a little harder. You had to use an Atari 850. But our podcast is about retro gaming. So let's talk about that. (laughs) You can load gaming off of discs on this. But in the future, there will probably be a way to connect and play multiplayer games on this. That would be crazy. Yeah. And they've already talked about it. People are already looking into that. This basically is going to simulate three or four different devices that you'd have to plug into Atari. So now your S-Drive Max and my, I have the Lotharec, um, like a device that does the same thing. That just does disk images. Okay. This is going to do everything. And the module I have in here doesn't have an SD card thing, but the there's another module you plug in here that is called the ESP32. It has an SD card. 
hmm. and the Wi-Fi. So it's going to be able to load disk images on Wi-Fi, load stuff off an SD card, connect to BBSs. And this thing you're holding is fairly small. I mean, that thing It's tiny, yeah. <clears throat> and it'll print. Like, you could... It'll... Like, you can... Like, on in an Atari application, you can say, hey, print this, and it will go to a PDF file. And then hmm. you can just download the PDF file and print it on your printer. Um, Crazy. It's going to replace three or four different devices that normally plug into the back of the Ataris. So with all these guys working on the thing at the same time, are you able to work with them all at the same time? Yep. Or I gotta admit, I didn't juggle dudes as much as maybe I should have. Uh... <laughs> See, now it's getting old, though. Now you're just offending me. Oh, I thought it was great. But anyway, um, <laughs> I work on a Discord with these guys, and then they, there's like four or five different guys programming different modules on this thing. And they're already starting to combine all the different elements. So, like, there's one program now I load that will load disk images as well as connect to BBSs and, and do modem emulation. That's crazy. Yep. So my next thing is that I, on my MSX, I down, remember that spectrum contest that was happening? Like the last episode we talked about, there was a game for the ZX spectrum 128 that was called Yazzie. Yeah, I, I do remember that. And I remember, I know we were going with this, obviously we have notes, but, uh, I didn't want to try it because I wanted to try it on the MSX. And then now it's out for the MSX. So I downloaded it and played it and it's awesome. It's kind of a puzzle platform game but there are no timers which i don't like timing timers on games like that um so you're just trying to solve how to solve the platforming puzzle and then you move on to the next level and the next level next level but it is a great game it's it, it, it it's got great graphics great i sound. meant to try it before we before we recorded but i didn't yet and i say i haven't tried it because i wanted to wait for the msx well i can't play a 128k spectrum game anyways so yeah I'm, I'm still waiting on my Specky Next, which is... But you can't play the MSX Very one. close. Yeah, yeah, I do want to try that. Yep. Yep. Speaking of the MSX, mm -hmm. I had a little MSX uh, fiasco, Eric. I remember that. So, I was pretty frustrated by this. I was trying to do some things on the MSX using the Mega Flash ROM cart, which can do lots of stuff, but it is not the most clear-cut... Not at all. ...user experience. It's not user-friendly at all. So... Without getting too far into it, I learned a lot about the MSX over like about a couple couple days by totally screwing it up and totally having to figure out how to rebuild it back from scratch, if you will. Um, if you about the Mega Flash ROM cartridge, the car basically. exactly yeah. the cartridge itself. Yeah. itself. Uh, so without getting too far in the weeds, the cartridge has ROMs you can load into memory, and then it has a ROM that's essentially flashed into memory. And they refer to both as its ROM. <laughs> um, and basically, long story short, going through this thing, I was trying to get, figure out how to load. Because you can load um, uh, game in, Im images pretty easily. But if you want to do a disk image, it creates a separate file onto the flash card, onto the SD card, that tells it to run in disk emulation mode. Yeah. Now... I was using all kinds of key combinations to try to get out of disk emulation mode so I can get back to the main uh, GUI so I can do other things. I didn't want to have to pull my SD card out every time, put it in my PC to get rid of that file. Right. And there's supposed to be a way to do it, but for whatever reason with my MSX, I could not get back out of it. Long story short, 
you can go into a, a menu where you go in to do major editing to your cart, including deleting Flash ROM. And the way it's worded makes it so difficult, in my opinion, that I accidentally deleted the Flash ROM rather than the ROM I had in memory. Right. And my it's goal, easy to do. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's going to sound confusing to the listener, but it, it's just not a very user-friendly interface. And you, it's 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 fraught with peril. Like, you could literally screw the cartridge up. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. Luckily, the guy who made this cart, like, five, six years ago, is still, like, on the internet daily. And I asked my question. I had an issue. I got frustrated. I went to bed and woke up still angry about it. And he had answered my question. And I went through it step by step. And I got it fixed. I'm not going to go into all the details. But long story short, what I learned about this was a lot about how the MSX runs, uh, how it has multiple virtual drives built in when you're using this cart. Um, I learned about disk emulation. I learned about um, the fact that it not only has uh, BASIC, but MS-DOS built on top of BASIC. And then on top of that, it's got the GUI because of the cart. So it's really like three levels of software and how to get between them all. And what's doing what in which... Anyways, it gets... For someone who didn't live in that era or never grew up with this machine, right? I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And I it, it forced me to learn it, which is ultimately a good thing. Ultimately, what I learned is that you want to download Sofa Run and install this on your Mega Flash ROM. And Sofa Run, you just open that first time every time, and it can just play any file and work. And then when you reset it, it just goes back to the GUI, and you can do it again. It's that simple. Um, without getting into too much detail, I'm going to leave it at that. Download Sofa Run. It makes things easy. Sofa? Sofa Run. S-O-F-A? Yep. In fact, when you load it, it for like two seconds, it shows a picture of a couch. Well, I, I got to get into that because, I mean, I, I'm still using it the old school way and I, it, it works, but I know what you're talking about. I mean, I got to sometimes pop the SD card and delete that little file. Yep. And in fact, what, what I was able to do with Sofa Run is take... Uh, games that were like five discs large yeah. and i forget the word quantize them something like that hmm. put them all into one big file yeah so it can run it without having to go between discs okay um it took a long time for the file to actually create itself like 10 minutes but once it did you could just load that file nonetheless i played a couple games on the msx I pl- we played ducktales because you tried it on yours to try it to see if it would work yeah bizarre it's yeah. like a board game that's impossible yeah I like the concept. I really wanted it to be good, but you can't, you can't get it anywhere. In fact, I went online to see playthroughs and nobody could get anywhere. Yeah. So it's not just me. And then I played a game that was uh, highly recommended called Quarth. I would recommend Quarth. Is it fun? It's like a um, reverse Tetris, kind of a falling block. I'll call it a rising block puzzle game. Um, and you just kind of kind of complete these shapes. You're, it's kind of frantic. Yeah. I would play it. It's It's... A Tetris-style game that I've never played. It's unique. I'll try. I it believe out. it's only on the MSX two. I believe. So, um, so I got Penguin Adventure and Quarth. And Quarth. Okay, yep. I'd go for that. So I'm gonna play both those. I got them written down here.
this month I went down a strange and wonderful rabbit hole where I started playing Bomb Jack. And I guess I shouldn't really say started playing. I've played this over the years, but I've only touched on it whenever an edition was released for a specific platform that I have. I would download it, play it for a few minutes, and put it away. And I remember the first time I played this was on my beloved Commodore 64 way back in the day, but I know I didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. Why this month that I'd go down this rabbit hole with it? Well, there was an edition released recently for the Amiga called the, the Beer Edition. And so I loaded that up and quickly fell in love with it. Uh, my son even saw me playing with it um, and wanted to give it a try and played three or four games of it, which is pretty rare for my son and modern or retro gaming. But he really enjoyed it. And I realized it really is a fun pick up and play arcade game. There's not a lot of lot to it. There's not a lot of rules. You just jump in and play it. And it's a, it, it can be a lot of fun. I guess I should explain what Bomb Jack is in case you've never played it before. Bomb Jack is a platform game released in the arcades. Um, I don't remember ever playing it in the arcades. Um, the first time I remember playing it was on the Commodore 64. But the arcade game was released in 1984 by Tekken Games, T-E-H-K-A-N, Tekken, Tekken. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Eventually, that company became Tecmo, which made Tecmo Bowl, which is one of my favorite games on the original Nintendo. Um, and there were many uh, sequels and releases, but I'm talking about the original Bomb Jack here. Um, the game is about a hero who has a cape on. He kind of looks like a little, I don't know, uh, a bat to me or maybe a mouse. I'm not really sure. It doesn't really matter. But you have a little hero on the screen who can jump and float in the air. Typically, when you hit the button over and over again, like you're flapping and joust, he will hover in the air. But... The moves are limited to jumping and falling from that jump. Uh, and you can, when you land, you can move left and right. And when you're falling, you can move left and right. But gravity will always pull you down unless you hit the button over and over again. Um, the goal is to get your guy to collect all the red bombs that are on the screen. Uh, there are bad guys like birds and mummies. And if they touch the ground, they morph into things like flying saucers and orbs and, and uh, more modern things like that. Um, as you go around collecting the bombs, you'll see some are lit. And if you kept, if you grab the lit bomb, another one will become lit. And if you get them in order, you get more points, but you can collect the bombs in any order. You basically run around and the more bombs you select, you fill up a meter. Um, and when the meter is full, a P appears, uh, like, a, a P power up bounces around the screen. And if you touch it, all of the enemies turn into bonus coins that you can collect and grab them and it removes them from the screen until they rematerialize. There are other bonuses that will bounce around the screen at times. There's a letter B, which is just a bonus for bonus points um, and increases the score multiplier. There's an E for extra, which gives you an extra life. Um, and in the arcade, there's a very rare one that's called S and that is a special one that awards you a free game. I don't think I've ever seen that one though. But that's the gist of the arcade game. That's it. You just go around the screen collecting the bombs. And generally, all the platforms I'm about to discuss follow the same type of gameplay. The core mechanics are all there. So I'm not going to go too far into 
the gameplay because it's pretty much the same, but I will go into the differences between these versions. So without further ado, let's start with the Commodore 64 version. Now, that excellent music you heard was from the Commodore 64 version of Bomb Jack, and that in that musical selection is excellent. That is the music that it starts with. Uh, the sound quality in this game is very good. Unfortunately, that's about all that I can say positively about the game. It's not a bad game at all. It's, it's actually pretty fun to play, and I remember playing it as a kid and enjoying it to a point. But I, I did quickly move on to something else, and I would come back to it every now and then, but it really wasn't in uh, my my top few games. You know, it, it just wasn't one I came back to. And the reason is, and the difference between it and the arcade version and most of these other platform versions is the sprites are just too chunky. They're too wide The screen itself doesn't have a lot of real estate on it, which means your movement is restricted versus uh, the arcade and the Amiga version, which their ratios and geometry are pretty close to the arcade version, which means you just can't move around as much. So it does create some challenges to actual gameplay. I, 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 you know, it's not a bad game to play, but you might want to seek out other versions of Bomb Jack if it's your first time playing it. Uh, all the core mechanics are still there. It's just that there's just not a lot of... You just feel it's almost claustrophobic to play, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, otherwise, it's not a bad version. One other thing I should note about it is the backgrounds on the Commodore 64 version because the screens are so crunched. Uh, it's very hard to differentiate the platforms that you can land on from the background sometimes, and I found that very confusing on a couple levels. The next version we're going to talk about is the Atari 8-bit version. The Atari 8-bit version, uh, it was a, quite a surprise uh, because the Commodore 64 is the other 8-bit platform that I tested this out as well as well as the ZX Spectrum. And this one is a lot better than the Commerce 64 version, in my opinion. Uh, The sprites aren't so chunky. They're not so large. There's more real estate on the screen. The colors more match up to the arcade version, which are really... The arcade version has very basic color palette, red, blue, greens. Uh, The backgrounds have gold and uh, yellow. The Commerce 64 just has this very washed out color color scheme. Um... The 8-bit version plays a lot better with more real estate to play in. Um, It really is a pretty great uh, 8-bit version. Other than that, not much different uh, than the core mechanics of, uh, I would say, the Commodore 64 version, other than it's just got a little more room to play around in. Next version I'll be talking about 
is the Amiga version. Now, this isn't the original Amiga version. The original Amiga version was not very good at all. I was looking at some of the online reviews, and it rarely ranked higher than 50%. Uh, it just was not a good port or version made from the original arcade. It it played poorly. The music was really bad. Uh, you kind of expected more on a 16-bit platform than what you get from the 8-bit. But the saving grace of that is somebody created a new version called the Beer Edition. And the Beer Edition of Bomb Jack is so good that it is almost identical to the arcade version. Uh, the music is fantastic. You heard a clip as this segment began, uh, or this section, not segment, but the section began, was the music. And the sound in general is just fantastic and comports well with the actual arcade version. I can't say much more than this other than that it is excellent as it is the closest I've seen to the actual arcade version on any kind of old computer. The Amiga version is fantastic. Uh, that is the one I probably will go back and play when I want a more authentic Bomb Jack version. Uh, it, it is very, very well done and it's free. You can just go download it. These are sound effects from the ZX Spectrum version, which it does not have any music, so that is why I couldn't play anything from it. The sound is fine, though. It works well. This was one of the biggest surprises to me playing different versions of Bomb Jack. This is an 8-bit version on a standard ZX Spectrum 48K model. It is a blast to play, and I was trying to put my finger on exactly why it was so much fun to play, and I think it has to do with the number of power-up drops as well as filling up your meter, and it seems like it's a little bit faster on the ZX Spectrum version so that you can annihilate the enemies faster and get two bombs quicker. It is a fantastic version. It is a lot of fun. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is a lot like the arcade version. It plays the same, but it does not look the same at all. And if you know ZX Spectrum games, it's because it doesn't really have uh, the same kind of graphics that you would see in a traditional port. It's um, It suffers from the thing that the ZX Spectrum suffers from, which is the color clash, which doesn't bother me at all, but you do notice it during the gameplay. Um, it's uh, not very colorful. Um, there is certainly enough there, enough real estate to move around quite a bit. The controls are tight. Uh, the sound is good, uh, as you heard in the beginning. I mean, it covers all the basic sounds for gameplay. Overall, I had such a blast playing this one, and I hope you do try it out if you can, if you have an emulator. Anyhow, those are my uh, versions of Bombjack that I played throughout the month. I hope that you, they pique some interest and you give them a shot. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you
Hey guys, uh, Cody here, doing my first Cody's Corner in quite a while. The show's been uh, pretty packed lately, and I haven't been able to do one of these and uh, wedge it into the show to make the show any longer. But I did want to touch base with you guys, um, specifically because I have recently made a MAME cab for a friend and been playing um, a bunch of my MAME cab that I kind of put together recently, my most recent MAME cab, uh, which was an arcade up. Uh, arcade one-up cab. I got a Street, Forger, uh, Street Fighter 2 cab, and my buddy got a Mortal Kombat cab, uh, which are both great arcade one-up cabs to convert to MAME because they have lots of buttons, so you can play most games on them. Um, I prefer the Street Fighter because it's got uh, six buttons kind of lined up in a uh, uh, you know three rows of two pattern, whereas the Mortal Kombat has this weird kind of X with another button off to the side. Um, it's not conducive to a lot of games and gets kind of confusing. Uh, but that being said, uh, we did a show a while back where we did six good games that are better at home than they are in the arcade. Now, the reason I did this um, particular topic back then, Eric and I, uh, was because there's a lot of games that in the arcades obviously were made to make money. So the games that we loved and we dumped quarters into and played as kids were so fun to us. Um, they were really fun in those short bursts, you know, a game like uh, Final Fight or something like that where you're beating everybody up, you have multiple people, like, you know, fighting on this thing, uh, feeding quarters into it every time you die, try to get as far as you can until your money runs out. Um, and lots of games like that just don't translate very well when you put them on an arcade machine at your house. Um, a very good example of this is, uh, for example, Final Fight. I just mentioned it. They, they have a arcade one-up version of that. Or and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, uh, Ninja Turtles, these kind of beat 'em ups. Um, you get those things in your house. You pay, you know, I think they're three hundred bucks to get this thing in your house. It's got a few games on it, but you can literally quarter feed it and just play it until you beat it. There's no challenge unless you're specifically forcing yourself to try to hit a certain goal or only hit, you know, I'm going to only put in three coins and that's all I can use for the entire game and I'm going to stick to that. Uh, but there's no built-in challenge. You kind of have to make it yourself. And it, it it's hard for me to do. It's a, There's a lot of arcade games that I try and play with and have some fun with. Um, but then I'll play the home version because they actually have a built-in limit. Um, but that being said, I wanted to touch base on what I do play on my arcade because... I gave a bunch of suggestions to my friend. Um, he's enjoying a lot of these games, and I think the reason they're so good on the arcade is because, yeah, you're getting the arcade experience with arcade graphics and the uh, um, the gameplay, the smoothness, all these cool things, but they also are a game you can sit down there and challenge yourself to uh, rather than, you know, coin feeding it and beating it and being like, cool, I beat that, let's find another game, right? Um, so... Let me start right off the bat by pointing out some, some genres that I typically found to be bad are, for example, shmups, action games, and as I've already said, beat-em-ups. Uh, for that reason, you can just coin-feed these things to death. Um, they made the game so difficult to make sure that you're feeding coins in there that, I mean, you really have to dedicate, people dedicate their, their, you know, hours per day for years to try to one-coin credit shmups, you know, to beat an entire shmup without using more than one coin. Um... Most of us aren't going to take that much time to play a game, um, so we're going to coin feed it or just not really play it competitively like that. Um, but I kind of have three little topics here. I'll try to go through these quick. Uh, the first genre, and you'll recognize most of these, um, it's kind of your classic 80s high score arcade games. Now, I know they're not as flashy as the new ones. Uh, these are kind of before my time as well, but when you have these at home and you really do kind of set a high score, 
and try to beat the high score. These become very addictive. And of course, I'm talking about your Pac-Mans, your Galagas. A lot of these games were on vertical screens. Um, so these actually, I actually have a separate arcade cabinet with a screen mounted vertically, and I specifically use that for old 80s games, uh, such as Pac-Man Galaga. And the last one I really want to mention, even though I've mentioned it on the show a bunch, is the Ladybug. I love Ladybug. It's uh, kind of like a Pac-Man, but with more going on, turnstiles and insects and all kinds of bizarre things going on. But it's a really good, fun game. And uh, it's one that you high score, put your name on it. It'll save your high score, and you have something to shoot for. Um, I'd put Time Pilot. Eric and I always talk about Time Pilot in this category as well. Uh, Classic games like that. Even a Donkey Kong. Not my favorite game. Not a huge Donkey Kong fan, but... Uh, that's one of those games that you can try to uh, sit and do better at every time. Um, of course, you're going to have your you know, multiplayer competitive games. Uh, typically, these are sports games um, or fighters. I don't care for fighters, but fighting games are, of course, good. So if you do buy a Street Fighter cab or Mortal Kombat cab, I think you're going to get a lot more life out of that. Uh, if you can play it two-player, um, than you would some of the other cabs. But I would highly suggest... Uh, Windjammers, which we've talked about from from a Neo Geo cabinet. Uh, Really cool game where you're throwing frisbees at each other. It's kind of like really quick, high-intensity one-on-one soccer with a frisbee. I can't really describe it better than that. You kind of have to play it to figure it out. Uh, Stick with it for like 10 minutes, and you'll get really into it, figure out how the action goes. It's really simplistic. You just kind of have to figure out the rhythm of the game to get into it, and it's going to be very addicting um, even if you don't play with somebody and you just play against the computer, you're going to try to see how far you can get, and it's a, it's a great game. Um, Eric and I have always talked about Neo Turf Masters, another Neo Geo game, which is just a really quick, fun, arcadey golf game. Um, I say quick, but it's it's quick action, but you still can play you know a full 18 holes, which takes a while. Um, but what I love about that is you can play competitively, you can play match play, you can play... Um, you know, skins where you're trying to get beat the other person, get three holes ahead of them and, and, and finish them off that way. Or you can literally play for score and put in a high score. Uh, one of my favorite arcade, maybe my, my favorite arcade game to play here at my house is Neo Turf Masters. Um, so I mentioned before, action games a lot of times are not good because you can coin feed them. Well, there's a few out there, which this is not the case. And uh, I want to mention Ghouls and Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblins here. Now, these games are historically extremely difficult, and they are. Um, They're also very fun. They are gorgeous. The games look great. Uh, These are Capcom games. And, um, you know, you're a little knight, and you can get hit once, and then you're down to your underwear, and you get hit twice, you're dead. But the reason I like this game is you can't just coin feed this game. Um, But at the same time, you're not going to get thrown back to the beginning of the game. You can play this this game. There's, I think, five levels uh, with a main level, a sixth main boss. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet, to be honest. Uh, but you can play this game to get, you know, you might play it 20 times before you get halfway through the first level, which gets you to a checkpoint. And now, every time you put a new coin in to continue, you start at the checkpoint until you beat the first boss. Now your checkpoint is the beginning of the second level. So you can sit there, and you're, you are coin feeding the game, but you're coin feeding opportunities to play and earn your way past to the next checkpoint. It's not just uh, let's feed the game until we literally get through the whole thing and win it. Um, it's a it's a big challenge, and uh, I've gotten as far as I think level four, um, but I'd love to go back and do it all over again. Every once in a while, you want to restart the machine just so you can play those early levels again now that you're better at it. So that's always a good uh, kind of fun goal to have as well. 
Um, now, of course, you've got games like Puzzle Bobble, uh, the falling block puzzle games, or I don't know what you want to call them, action puzzle games. We'll call them an action puzzle game. A uh, really fun two-player game like Puzzle Bobble, or you can play single-player for score or play against the computer, uh, where you're shooting bubbles up and trying to match colors to break things down before they lower to the point where they cover the whole screen. Um, and then I've mentioned this before as well, another Neo Geo game, but uh, Money Idol Exchanger, which is a similar concept, um, but you are literally trying to get a bunch of different denominations of money to match to clear those out. You know, if you get five 10 cent pieces, it becomes a 50 cent piece, two 50 cent pieces become a $1 piece, and then you connect two $1 pieces together and it drops off the screen. Um, kind of two different versions of a similar game style, but those games are a ton of fun on this machine. Highly recommend it. Um, kind of in the action platformer puzzle, eh, it's action platformer is kind of a different thing, but you've got your, uh, your, your, your bubble bobble. Um, there's a game called Don Doku Don, uh, Snow Bros, these games where Eric really likes this one, uh, Nightmare or something. I can't think of it right now. He's probably yelling at the, at the car audio right now, listening to me waffle about trying to figure it out. But, um, these games are really fun games where, again, you can put in a quarter and see how far you can get, get a high score, but it's an action platformer. Um, and the last one I do want to mention is another one I, it's another one of my go-tos. I love to play it every time. Mega Man Power Battle. I love Mega Man games, and this is essentially a really nice, arcadey, high-resolution version of various Mega Man bosses that you play back-to-back. And just like in Mega Man, you earn their boss's powers. You can use them on the next boss. You get a little power pellet when you finish the boss. So you get some of your health back. So you see if you can try to get through all the bosses. A uh, ton of fun. highly suggest it. Um, and that's just a few games. Um, I would really love to hear what other games you guys think are, are, are great games I could play on my main machine, my arcade at home. Um, we could pass those on through the podcast next month or something like that. But if you could, please let me know at oddball49 on twitter that's oddba1149 at twitter uh, of course at pixel underscore guy den is our twitter, hand- twitter handle for the show and uh, you can send us an email podcast at pixelguyden.com all right guys that's it for cody's corner and i'll catch you next month appreciate it now six good games this month yeah. little tongue-in-cheek, but we had fun with it. Yeah. This, you know, this is our excuse to find games to talk about. Play, have fun with, and talk about. Yeah. Or just bring up games we've loved in the past, whatever. <clears throat> Six good games that PETA would not approve of. Which is sad to say was easy to pick. <laughs> yeah. The people against the, or people for the ethical treatment of animals. I can never say it right, but... Yeah. Um, there are a lot of video games that are very uh, mean to animals. <laughs> and there's one that you and I both, <clears throat> excuse me, had in mind. Yeah. We'll save that for the end, I think. Okay. Um, I'm going to go first. <clears throat> excuse me. We should probably talk about that one in the beginning, right? Because that's we? a good example. Go for it. Okay. So when I think of, when I think right off the top of a game that is just st- stark against like animal type creatures <laughs> and extremely popular and extremely popular in not only cartoon and get but in game form is i think of a game where like you would i don't know find animals in the wild and force them to battle each other right 
And of course, because that would be really cruel. In fact, we have laws in America against doing that. Dog fighting, chicken fight. You can't do that because that's, that's right. Animals would kill themselves for and, your pleasure. And of course, the game we're talking about is Pokemon. Pokemon! <laughs> so that's a perfect example. I mean, I was thinking about this. If you just change the sprite a little bit, you could call it like Michael Vick's dog fighting. <laughs> right? Hello! <laughs> I love it. That's great. Michael, um, Michael Vick's dog fighting. Michael Vick adventure. Yeah. Um, DX. <laughs> that's the example we're talking about. Um, so anyway, we'll begin with the six games we picked because we decided we weren't going to use that one. Well, it's funny because we talk about it a lot. We do. I mentioned earlier I've been trying Pokemon Black. Yeah. And the big thing in that one is these people come in talking about, and I, I don't understand what side I'm supposed to be on. We're sitting here like with our quote-unquote friendly Pokemon battling them. Yeah. And this group comes in, which is quote-unquote the bad guys, mm -hmm. talking about how Pokemon should be freed and then we shouldn't force them to battle for our entertainment. And I'm like, wait. Are we the bad guy? What am, what's going on? This is the first Pokemon game I've ever played. That's like that meme, are we the baddies? It's like that Nazi guy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to feel about this. And pretty quickly in the game, I'm not giving anything away, whatever. It's an old game. You find out that the guy who's pushing that is doing it for different reasons. He wants to take control or whatever. Yeah. But you're still the whole time. I'm like, yeah, but. They're still battling. He's right. Yeah. I mean, he's they're electrifying he's, each other. They're spitting water at each other. They're slapping each other. And when There's, they die or quote-unquote pass out they i can just throw another one with that faint i throw another one in the ring not to mention you're keeping them in this tiny little ball for their whole go life. back in your ball go in Pokemon. the ball yeah so that's 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 a good example of a game we're talking about <laughs> do you want to go first on this one sure I, go so ahead. I, i'm gonna go with hollow knight okay on the nintendo switch or any other device indie game yeah uh cool cool metro metroidvania game yeah uh, but essentially, you are, well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's bug on bug crime. Yeah. You're a small little beetle guy. Yeah. Going through and just terrorizing other insects and making their yellow guts fly all over the place. Um, so that's my cheesy way of talking about Hollow Knight. Yeah. Hollow Knight is a cool game. Yeah, definitely. I did not finish Hollow Knight. I don't think I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Now, right now, buzzwords for all the games right now are procedurally generated. Yeah. It is not that. But the other two buzzwords is Metroidvania yeah. and Souls-like. Because it's so hard, right? I mean, and, and, and when you die, yeah, you go back. When people say Souls-like, yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's a hard-ass game where you keep fighting the same guy over and over again. When you die, you go back to a place and have to come back to like your body again and try to fight the guy again. And uh, some games do it well, and some don't. This one does do it well. I would say I, would en I did enjoy I probably put 15 hours into this game. Yeah. I, got, I got a good ways through it. Uh, but I got to the point where I didn't want to keep backtracking. The backtracking is what kills me about a Souls-like. Yeah. Um, but the animation, the fluidity of it, it's a very black and white game with uh, small splashes of color. Really cool aesthetic. Uh, gameplay is tight. Um, it's an interesting world that's really unique. Um, so I've, you know, I've heard good things about it. Yeah. It's a solid, uh, I mean, a lot of people give it like best game on the switch or best, you know, top, whatever. I give it a solid B plus, okay. um, for whatever reason it, we were talking about Cuphead earlier. I like difficult games, I, but they have to be difficult where I feel like I'm able to get better. And if I'm just spending most of my time dying and backtracking, that kills me. Yeah. 
So that's what did end it for me. But um, I still recommend it for a lot of people. I mean, it's a really cool game with a really unique take on the genre. Right on. Next one I have, I won't talk too much about it. It's Ape Out because I already talked mm. a ton about it. Um, but the the part about the animal cruelty. Now, the apes, the ape is the goal. The thing it's is, human cruelty. Yeah, the thing about the ape is trying to escape. So he, there is a bunch of human cruelty of him <laughs> smashing dudes into other dudes and smashing dudes into the wall. But they are shooting back. They are shooting back and your ape gets hit a lot by fire and... One thing I found that was pretty interesting about the game is there there is no heads up display. There's no like score or health meter or anything like that. There's nothing like that. The screen is just right. the, the ape and the surroundings, right? The the how you know how far your ape is is hurt from gunshot blood trails. Is the blood trails. <laughs> and if he pauses like if he, because it, it's a stealth game, so if you hide behind a wall and you pause, you'll see this like blood pool. Oh wow, I didn't see that. Where you're yeah. standing there, and then you you start to run, and literally like there's a blood trail of him. And the more, I noticed that the more blood there is, the less that's your health meter, quote unquote. So that can't be good for Peta. <laughs> they, 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 they don't like that. All right, you're a bleeding ape. That's right. So anyway, that's that. And again, I highly recommend Ape Out. If and you already game. talked about it a bunch, but yeah. It's a beautiful game. Battle Toads on the NES. And do you have to even go further than the title? Battle Toads. They're toads and they're battling. They're battling. Uh, this game is impossible, first of all. Yeah, I know it's very, very difficult. It's funny because as a kid, I never realized this. Okay. Uh, I just played it and get stuck on the same part and just did that every like few weeks yeah and just loved it yeah but you are essentially it's a beat-em-up it's a little more strategic than like a double dragon or a final fight because there's jumps there's speed bikes there's creatures you can jump on top of and fly over things and shoot fire like it's more involved but you are the game was a teenage mutant ninja turtles knockoff which in hindsight i see that now yeah at the time i didn't realize it but i totally bought into it there's three toads you can be uh, rash, pimple, or zits. They're all <laughs> skin issues. Yeah. Um, but it's a beat em up where your primary goal is to beat the crap out of these humanoid pigs that are attacking you with spears and things. And it's uh, comical violence. It was fun, though, because you could, like, you know, you punch a guy four or five times and eventually you kick him with a huge, your foot gets as big as your body. You know, this huge boot comes out and you boot this guy or else you double tap forward and hit attack and you ram him. We grow ram horns and smash the guy. Yeah. Or else uh, you hammer the guy into the ground with a huge fist and just pummel him until he dies. So it's just toad on pig violence for most of the game. Um, I, say, I would say it's a very visceral game. The sound effects are a big part of what makes it. These big, really deep, like, every time you hit somebody. Yeah. Uh, level two, you're going down a ta- uh, a uh, tube, a vertical shaft, I should say, and you're hanging from some sort of a uh, rope. Yeah. And these like crows are coming up the side of the canyon, and they stop and eventually come across, and they try to either bite you or attack, cut your rope. If they cut your rope, you fall and die. So you actually go to the side of the wall, turn into a large um, counterweight or a large weight on rope, and you can push yourself and smash the bird against the other opposite wall. Um. I have to admit, I haven't played Battletoads. It's a really cool game. 
until you get to the point where the game is just brutally difficult. Yeah. It is cool though. It is I would I would recommend anybody to give it at least to give it a shot. The third level is the speed bike level, which is notoriously difficult. Just trying to you're on these bikes that can somehow jump, like hover bikes. Yeah. Like Back to the future style. So you're dodging things. Um, you get to a part where the where you can't get past with the speeder bike, so you stop and have to go back to a regular beat em up. Yeah. And these little space invaders, they're straight up space invaders, literally go up to your health bar and grab pieces of your health bar and try to walk off with them and you have to like oh, wow. catch them and punch them in the air and get your health back. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, it's a really creative game, really for the NES, graphically impressive. And I'm gonna say visceral again. I love visceral, I love the kinda like yeah. ape out. Where everything has impact and heft. Yeah. Um, but I don't think a, most people who play Battletoads haven't gotten past level three. Yeah. Every once in a while, I can get past it, and then you get to a world where you're not used to it and you die. <laughs> I've heard I've heard some podcasts where they talk about how programmers will spend so much time on later levels making them look beautiful and look really cool and and neat things, but less than half of the gamers will even get that far. Yeah. They yeah. don't get that far because the game's too difficult. Yep. It's, it's that is the case with Battletoads. Right on. Next one I have is a simple game, but I do remember playing a lot of this in uh, in the arcade. It's Frogger. Oh, Frogger. And if you think about Frogger... <laughs> We're really stretching here. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about Frogger. Nothing's chasing Frogger. Like, nothing is chasing him to make him cross why, the street. Why the frog cross the road? You're causing him to ca- cross the street and possibly get hit by logs. You're not causing by... anything. You are him. It yeah, you're your him. Own, sure. It's your own choice what you do with your body, Eric. But nothing's chasing him. He doesn't have to <laughs> cross the street. So you're basically forcing this frog to over and over and over and over again to cross the street, get hit by a car, get hit by a log, get eaten Jump by a crocodile. crocodile. <laughs> Um, so I just thought that was funny because I thought about like, what games wouldn't Peter like? And I was like, why are you doing this to this poor frog over and over again? (laughs) And it's such a popular game, like over the years. And it's really just this frog getting punished all the time. (laughs) So anyway, that was a quick one. (laughs) I like it. My last game is Earthworm Jim. Okay. Earthworm Jim is a cool game. Another game that's just visually impressive. Yeah, it super is. Super creative, unique. And everything you encounter is an animal. Yeah. And you kill it. <laughs> right. You are a, literally a worm in a robot suit. Yeah. But it ends up looking like you're a human with a worm head. Yeah. But you're a worm in a robot suit. Um, you have a blaster, which is a fancy 80s name for gun. Yeah. Um. There's junkyard dogs that are attacking you, and they want to eat you, and you shoot them until they die. Yeah. Um, you do all kinds of crazy things. The robot... It, so I don't want to just focus on the PETA thing, because the game is cool. If you guys have not tried Earthworm Jim, you've got to try it. One or two. I don't care. Yeah. They're both good. Um, and what, are the, what was the original platform on that? On those Earth... Because I've played it before, but I don't remember what I played it Both on. Genesis and Super Nintendo. Nintendo. They both... I want to say they're... I'm sure one came out technically before the other, but they're simultaneous. Okay. okay, so that's the era. I remember specifically liking Earthworm Jim 2. Um, but, yeah, and it's really creative how they how they made this character a robot suit with a worm in it. Um, the robot will grab the worm's head, grab you, and use you to, like, lasso things and, and swing across 
gullies or attack use you as a whip, but you're using yourself as a whip. Yeah. Um, to attack, there's ravens around, so you're whipping ravens and of course killing them when you smack them with yourself. Yeah. It's this weird thing. Sure. Um, but there's so many cool things. Uh, a lot of the games, if you find a secret, it's a cow launcher. So you literally have to find a weight that is precariously hung above a large teeter-totter where, where a cow is just sitting there on the other side chewing grass. Yeah. You drop the weight on the teeter-totter, the cow skyrockets into the sky, and you get a cow launch award, <laughs> Yeah, Peter, and you get a secret. Peter wouldn't like that. <laughs> you launch a cow into the, wherever it goes. I don't know. We don't see it land. Yeah. Um, in Earthworm, Ju- t- Earthworm Gym 2, I specifically remember, and this is probably the most direct PETA violation. Yeah. There is a level where a guy, the the main bad guy, who is this... I don't know what he is. It's another suit with some animal inside of it. Uh, an animal, black feathered animal, I want to say, like some kind of a crow or something. Yeah. But with a space helmet on. And Earthworm Jim's the good guy, but this bad guy decides to throw, like, tiny baby hairless puppies out windows. Oh, man. And you have a large... Uh, marshmallow essentially and your job is to basically bounce the puppy so they keep going further down the level and you have to go back to where they're going about to land and keep continue them bouncing while he's throwing more out so you're running back and forth trying to bounce all these puppies to safety but if you miss they just go oh that's not good (laughs) but it's so good the game is good yeah the game is so good i i know i've played it before but i have to admit i haven't gotten too far through it now I want to look it up. <laughs> oh, good gracious. But that's Earthworm Jim. Really good game. And of course, the uh, the guy who is heavily involved in that as far as music is uh, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah. He's coming out with the Intellivision Amico. Yeah. Which happens to rhyme. So <laughs> that's there, all I'm saying about go. that. I don't know. So my last game here is Joust, which... Um, was one of my favorite arcade games and i i don't know why i was thinking about um arcade games so much in this segment but joust you're you're basically these riders are riding around on either ostriches or i sorry eric stop yeah. because i pulled up puppy love part one yep on earthworm gym let's see what this looks like use the bomb there you go he's got this huge marshmallow tuffet this guy's just chucking puppies out the window. You got to keep those puppies alive. Get them over there to the other funnel there where mama's waiting. And of course, you only start with uh, one or two puppies at a time, but eventually you get a lot of puppies going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that one, got, that one went splat. Oh, that one went splat. <laughs> oh, Poor puppies. Uh, well... They're comical. And, of course, the blood is yellow, so it doesn't offend anybody, of course. Right. You know, I'm not offended by yellow puppy blood. Boom. There's a power-up. Yeah. All right. Sorry, uh, you were saying Joust? Anyway, with Joust, you're either a... You're these warrior guys riding either on ostriches or storks. I actually didn't know the second... Like, the player two ones are storks, not ostriches. Oh, I didn't know that. And you ride around jousting so you're killing the you're hitting the ostriches or or storks with a spear yep 
and you're also or you're flying and then a hand comes up out of the lava and pulls the stork and burns it and just burns it into lava death and then on top of all of that you have like a pterodactyl who comes out which is a prehistoric extinct animal and then if you put your joust right in his mouth at the exact angle you can kill the pterodactyl oh really i don't know if you ever did that no, I uh... I was shocked. So my wife and I like playing Joust on the Nintendo. And one time she's we're like finishing up the level and the pterodactyl comes out and you know it's all <laughs> and my wife's like, Oh, there's a pterodactyl, we gotta go. And I'm like, I'm gonna kill it. And she's like, You can't kill the pterodactyl. But I lined it up perfectly and I killed it. And she's like, she's been playing it for twenty years and never knew you could never kill it. Never knew, yeah. And it says like in the, if you look at the the boot up screen on Joust, it says, ter- it shows like all the things, mm-hmm. like all the characters in the game, but it'll say and the points for their death. Yeah, and it shows it says ter- invincible pterodactyl, and then it like does, puts mark. a little question mark at the end. So like as a kid, I always knew, I always wondered, and it's really hard because you have to line up your Joust stick like specifically right in the center, and if you don't get it right, you you die. Huh. Which then again you die, so Peter would not like the killing of <laughs> there's killing of storks, there's killing of Well not to uh, mention ostriches. there's eggs all over the place too that there you're are just eggs. kicking around. Yeah, that's true. Didn't think about that. <laughs> right on. Well that's it. That is it. That's six good games, Eric. Six good games. Good times. That all was right. a good that was a good January. Yeah, that was a good January. We fit a lot in that. Yeah. I'm glad Tim was able to join us. I had fun listening. To it. I'm just so I can't get over how elated I am that that, box that destroyed it. box survived after like a month and four days. If you could uh, be a fly in that oh box, my gosh. can you imagine that journey? I was I was sure that the beer, at least if not all the snacks, were removed. I figured the beer would be removed as illegal shipment things and I don't know what they did, but. It sound, seems like it all made it. Most of the games that made it over there. Yeah. That's good. Perfect. Um, thank you guys again for hanging out with us in another couple episodes here at Pixel Guide In. Yeah. Thanks for Tin for joining us. Thanks for uh, Stefan Fucht for joining us. I have to like stop and try to focus on how to say that. Yeah. Uh, on the last episode for that really cool interview, I'm hoping to line up another interview here for next month. Um. As far as looking forward, my Spectrum next. In theory, they're saying they're starting to ship in February. We'll start seeing. I don't know if I'm in the first shipment. I doubt it. Yeah, you might. This might be a couple episodes from now. You might be it able to might talk be, about it. But just, just the fact that it's within sniffing distance, I'm yeah. excited. Um, as for six good games, Eric, yeah. I had a couple ideas. Okay. Zombie games just kind of came to me. Yeah, a lot of zombie games. There's a lot. Or, this is more wide open and a little more free-form, off-the-wall games, or if you want to call them wacky games. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Super Mario is about a plumber in a magical world where he eats mushrooms and jumps on turtles and... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it's, it's wacky. That's some wacky stuff. I'm not stuff. even sure if he's eating those mushrooms, to be honest. He just touches them and grows. Yeah. Um, But I have some really more off-the-wall games than that, some, you know... Yeah. You have an opinion? Zombie games? Off-the-wall games? What do you, Something uh, else? I'd say let's start with zombie games, then maybe okay. in a future one we can do the off-the-wall games. I think they both sound good. I already know which one you picked. Yeah? 
Do you know what that is? No. Hmm, interesting. <gasps> Battle of the Systems. We already agreed on this one. Yeah. Beautiful games on failed Sega systems. Yeah. Specifically, Calibri on the 32X and Astal. Yeah. Or Astal, whatever it is, on the Sega Saturn. Cool. Yeah. Which are both games I've been really wanting to dig into for a long time because they are very pretty and they're fairly highly regarded. Yeah. But they're both on systems that I don't get out very much because they're kind of failed systems. You don't often pull those out. Yeah, I don't. It's true. I, in neither one of those I pull out a ton, so it'll. I think it's a good time. Cool. Anything else you got to say to the friendly people? I think we're good. Let's wrap it up. Last thing I can think of is, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.